Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. It is midday madness time. You call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. And the number is 1-300-736-736 with footy coming our way tonight and tomorrow night. And Thursday night and Friday night. How good is it going to be across the next five or six days and nights to get some footy on our tellies and on our radios? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. If you'd like to join me, anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next two hours. That's the Werribee Kia open line. And you can check out the EV6, the EV9 and the Nero at Werribee Kia. You can test drive it now. Drop down and see David Janan, A, Jim and the team on the lunch menu today for Barclay Smokehouse. Ask for Grandmother Ham at your local deli. Plenty of footy. Sammy Evans is going to join us a little later on after two. Liam Pickering is going to join us after two. I'm calling tomorrow night with Pickers and looking forward to doing it. Uh, we're bringing you, or Pickers is bringing you tonight's game as well between Collingwood and Richmond, which you can also see on Fox Footy and KO. So we'll have a chat to Pickers later on. Simon Hill to talk the world game and your calls, the main ingredient of this. So jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you would like to join me. Got a heap of stuff to give away. Rounds of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay. We've got dining experiences down at Brick Lane at Queen Vic Market. And uh, it's a beautiful dining experience for two as well, including a three-course meal. Brick Lane beers, Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Dwayne's bought T-shirts, the lot. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. A couple of things I want to get to. I know, Raylene, you're on the line already. We'll get to you. Um, we think, we talk about how one draft can change the fortunes of a club, for better or for worse. There are some AFL recruiters a little nervous right now, I'd say, about the 2020 draft, players they did and didn't take, because this is moving year for the 2020 crop. And when you have a listen to the 2020 list, you'll see why Essendon is in the position it's in now. Adelaide's in the position it's in now. Geelong's in the position it's in now. North Melbourne, likewise, and Sydney. Likewise, right now, I want to play you what Nathan Buckley said about Harley Reid, and it takes three years to know whether these guys that are drafted are going to be good or not. The hype around Harley Reid, we won't know for two or three years. The reason I'm playing this, he said it yesterday, is because we're about to find out about a heap of these 2020 guys because they're entering year four. We're about to find out whether they were the right guy to take in the 2020 draft. Here's Nathan Buckley on two or three years until we know. 
we'll find out in another 30 headlines and about three years how good he's going to be. And then he's going to pro- he'll have to prove it and reinvent himself and go again and again and again over 10 yeah. or 15 years. If he's going to get anything close to what he's, what he's been built up to be, that's pretty much every n- number one pick. And the, as I said, the fault there is not with the player. It's not with the industry. It's with us on this side of it and what we try to – the pedestal that we try to put yeah. players on just because they've been good at, at 17 or 18. It's, I, I think it's a lot more than that. Nathan Buckley, so we're about to find out about the 2020 draft crop in 2024. And how's this for a list of names? And have a think about who your club took. So Jamari Hagen was pick one. Next Gen Academy went to the Bulldogs. Riley Thilthorpe was pick two. What kind of year is Riley Thilthorpe going to have this year? If he has a big year this year, then Adelaide has got a, a huge chance of playing finals. Adelaide in that draft took Riley Thilthorpe pick two and Luke Pedler pick 11. They both look like they're going to be good players. Luke Pedler's already a good player right now. North Melbourne took Will Phillips pick three. Sydney took Logan McDonald pick four. Sydney's in a position where they could win a flag right now because they've been clever enough through their academy, obviously, and through picking up Logan McDonald to be able to regenerate. So Sydney in the 2020 draft took, have a listen to this for a group of three names, Logan McDonald, Braden Campbell, and Errol Goulden. They're primed again to go, Sydney, because they got it right in 2020 and maybe with the assistance of Next Gen Academy, yes. But Errol Gordon was picked 32 in that draft and he looks like being the best of this draft prop, taking a pick 32 as a Next Gen player. Denver Granger Barras was picked six. Elijah Hollands, ex-Gold Coast, now a Carlton, picked seven. And then Essendon had three. So is Essendon going to fire this year or not? They took Nick Cox, eight. Archie Perkins, nine. And Zach Reed ten. What's Essendon going to give us this year? Because this is the year for Essendon to rise on the back of having picks eight, nine, and ten. Will they rise? Well, I know you hear Andrew from Nidri on this program a bit. Here's Andrew from Nidri ringing after the weekend's footy from Essendon, asking Nathan Buckley, when is Essendon ever going to be any good? Uh, have a listen to this from yesterday. Uh, not very happy today. Uh, as a a uh, long-suffering Essendon supporter, and mm. um, just want to ask, but, uh, and I know it's only practice matches mm. or scratch matches and all the rest of it, but uh, but when will Essendon become a good side? You know, like, <laughs> hey. They talk the talk, they talk the talk each year. That we, you know, we all our supporters get our hopes up really high, um, and we and we look at the team list and it looks pretty good, and they perform like that on on Friday against St Kilda. Yeah, so well, when does this thing go become a real side? Yeah, well, how long's a piece of string, Andrew? I, I wouldn't be worried about a practice match. As I said earlier, 12 months ago, you played a practice match against St Kilda. Mm. It was one of the worst games of footy that I'd ever seen. So I think this one was a little bit better standard. Um, you were a good side at the beginning of last year, and, and I think it takes time for a new coach to come in. And he's definitely making the right sounds around where your improvement's going to come. It's not necessarily in the names or the personnel. It's going to be in how you connect and, and play better team football together. I think we saw elements of that last year, um, but it is going to be, it's a nexus. It's a, it's a hurdle that needs to be jumped. And I, I'm, I am worried about your last couple of weeks last year. That looked terrible and that's going to leave a mark. But in, in many ways, it's the attitudes of a Redman, of a Durham. Um, these young players are coming to Ridley's obviously a gun. If he has an injury for a year, you're going to be a lot better. Those guys are the are the next the next breed that come and support your merits, your Heppel's, McGrath's, and I. But but yeah, I, I love the way Marcus Redmond goes 
Mason. Mason Regman, sorry, yep. um, goes about it. And um, and, and I think he's he's the next generation. So you've got to build around those guys and, and hopefully as a supporter, you're looking out at those guys. They're, they're, they're fit and injury-free, playing good footy, and they're the future of, of your club. And I can understand how you get a little bit impatient. Yeah, Essendon fans are getting impatient. This is the year. Nick Cox, pick eight. Archie Perkins, pick nine. Zach Reed, pick ten. And when you consider where they're at, they finished 11th last year, Essendon. They played Geelong this week in a practice game. Geelong finished 12th last year, below Essendon. There's the threat that Geelong's going to jump above them because out of 2020, this is the group of players Geelong's got now out of that 2020 draft. Max Holmes can play. Tanner Bruin can play. Got him, from, got him home to Geelong from the Giants. Ollie Henry got him home to Geelong from Collingwood. And Shannon Neal, who they took pick 33, who looks like he's going to be okay, played well last week. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That 2020 draft, when you think of some of the names, it's make or break year for them. Your thoughts on that? And if you are an Essendon supporter, are you a bit worried? Are you happy with Cox, Perkins and Zachary? Because this is moving year. Raylene in Thornbury, first up, wants to talk Geelong. Welcome to you, Raylene. Great to have you on. Thanks very much. It's great to be on, Dwayne, and great to have footy back. I'd just like to just commiserate with Cam Guthrie because he's done all the work and to just be out for eight to ten weeks is, is just so disappointing for him. But he's a champion. I just wish him all the best. And, you know, segue a little bit. This now gives a space in the midfield for some of those young guys that really need a go because if we don't give them a go at Geelong, we'll lose them. And there's some real depth of talent in our youth. I don't think people who don't watch closely realise that, you know, you've got Dempsey, you've got Nevitt Myers can now go through the middle, you've brought Mana from Werribee. It's, and all those guys you just mentioned from the 2020 draft, I'm really optimistic about the team. I'm really sorry for Cam Lowe. Yeah, and, and Max Holmes just mentioned out of that draft, he could be the next guy as well. He's one of those young guys who looks like he's got a a bright future. Raylene, you know, one player missing as bad as it is for Cam Guthrie isn't so bad. It's when you start to drop two or three at this time of year. That's a huge worry. So for the Cats fans' sake, let's hope they don't drop two or three to the injury list in the coming week. Thanks for jumping on, Raylene. Got something for you. I'm not sure if you play golf, but we might send you down to Club Mandalay on us, so you might know someone who wants to head down there. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a friend with a cart. With two drinks and a cart midweek for just $99 at Club Mandalay. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a few of those things to give away. Robin Strathmore, your thoughts on that 2020 draft in Essendon? What can you, Rob? G'day, Dwayne. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a bomber and I'm still burned from what they did at the end of last year. I don't rate the list. I'm, I'm not convinced about Perkins, Cox and Reid. I mean, they have to show something this year. But so far, they haven't shown me anything to suggest that they're going to take us to the promised land. And I think Essendon, and I'm not being a sad sack here, but I think they're bottom six. I just don't rate them. I don't. They've got no leadership, Wayne. That's their biggest problem. Um, last year, Zach Merritt's 200 at Geelong. They got absolutely slaughtered. And when they carried him off, I was embarrassed for him. I just don't rate him. Hmm. Well, there's a number of players that right now in that draft, when you think of who was taken after, so Cox 8, Perkins 9, Zach Reed 10, 
Luke Pedler was 11. He's already a better player than a couple of those at least. Tanner Bruin looks like he's going to be better. He was taking pick 12. Heath Chapman's having a great career at Fremantle. He was taking pick 14. Lockie Jones, he was a next-gen academy player with Port Adelaide at pick 16. I think they're pretty happy with what they got at pick 16. As I mentioned, Ollie Henry went pick 17 to Collingwood, but he's now back at Geelong. Ryan Angwin's a regular on a wing now with the Giants. So he's become a pretty good player on that wing for the Giants and reliable. Finn McRae was taken by Collingwood, pick 19. Speak of regeneration. Max Holmes was 20. Jake Bowie's already got a premiership at 21. Bailey Laurie at 22 for Melbourne. Reef McGuinness at Collingwood, pick 23. So Collingwood's got a couple of good players out of this draft as well. Finn McRae at 19. Reef McGuinness at 23. And Bo McCreary at 44. It's looking like a pretty good pick now, Bo McCreary at 44. And Collingwood's regeneration through this draft is pretty good as well. Uh, as I mentioned, Errol Gordon, pick 32. Shannon Neal, pick 33. Samson Ryan at Richmond, pick 40. Phoenix Spicer. See, North Melbourne are in a bind. They had a number of picks in this draft. They took Will Phillips at three. They also took um, Tom Powell. Uh, so took Will Phillips at three. Tom Powell at 13. Phoenix Spicer. And then they got Eddie Ford, the last pick in the draft, to pick 56. So hasn't quite blossomed this draft for North Melbourne like they would hope, but they have at least been able to get multiple early draft picks from the AFL in the meantime. Hey, Rob, thanks, thanks for your call. Back to your calls after the break. one 736 Your thoughts on all of that. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Keep your text coming through as well. 0433-981116. Your new Temper Pro, T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. John on the road before we take a break. Welcome to you, John. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, just uh, the 2020 draft, and uh, the Pines copped a fair bit of flack back in the day when they made some room by letting Jaden Stevenson and Adam Trelaw go. Well, you know, it certainly paid dividends um, in uh, in what's happened um, last year and also in the future. So that was uh, that was the right call after all. Well, when you think that Collingwood in that draft got Ollie Henry at 17, Finn McRae at 19, Riff McGuinness at 23, and Barrick McCreary at 44, it's a pretty good draft haul from Collingwood. You're absolutely spot on, and they've obviously used that pick that they got for Ollie Henry to parlay that back into their stocks. Great to have you called, John. Hold the line. We've got something for you. We've got a Dwayne to a T-shirt coming away. Plenty of those to give away. Your calls after the break as Midday Madness continues. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Oh, it's great to have your company for Dwayne's World. We're about to find out about the 2020 draft stock. A heap of players now. It's moving year for a number of these players, and we're looking forward to seeing what kind of year year four is for them, including guys like Will Phillips, Logan McDonald. Uh, Elijah Hollins has moved clubs. Nick Cox, Archie Perkins, Zach Reed, especially for Essendon. They need them to blossom big time this year. I already like what Luke Peddler's put together and Tanner Bruins put together, but guys like Tom Powell. Heath Chapman uh, set a good career. Well, he had a good year a year ago um, in 2022, but last year was a bad year, but he had a really good year that year. And Lockie Jones looks good. So a few of these players, Finn McRae, what are we going to get from him? Reef McGuinness, what are we going to get from him? And Bo McCreary, what are we going to get from him? The Collingwood recruits that were taken later on in that draft 
And as I mentioned, a few of the other guys for the Cats are looking pretty damn good as well. Max Holmes amongst them. one three hundred seven three six seven three six off the back of the hype for Harley Reid. And it is almost impossible to assess them until you're at least three years, maybe four years into their career. one three hundred. 736 if you'd like to join me. Um, McRae and McGuinness have done nothing yet at Collingwood. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. It, this, they look good. I think they look good. But what are they going to produce next? Uh, Max Holmes would have played in a premiership if not for his hamstring. You're right about that as well. Um, Ollie Lord at 49. Pipe looks really good for Port Adelaide. He does, actually. looks really good for Port. Had a good final series last year. And Lockie Jones at 16, who was a, a next-gen academy player. Um, hi, Dwayne. Unfortunately, we busted those three picks in the 2020 draft at Essendon. It set us back a long time. Uh, we needed to hit all of those picks and haven't. Dodoro's failure. Well, see, it hasn't failed yet. That's the bottom line for me. This is the year to find out whether it's been a bust or a failure or not. Uh, Essendon still has a lot of terrible football in them. Thank you for that. Reed looked good in the first half on Friday. Shifty from Essendon. Thank you. Uh, huge year coming up for a number of these players. Uh, Brad in Bendigo, welcome to you, Brad. Your thoughts? Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Good. That's good. I uh, just wanted to talk about the Bombers. I, I don't think we should judge those three boys just yet. Um, we drafted them in a year where we had absolute chaos going on at the club. Um, and Reid's been injured. I think he could be something really good. And he's, he showed a bit on Friday. Um, and I think Perkins is going all right. Cox is probably the one that needs to step up this year as far as I'm concerned out of the three of them. But if you have picks 8, 9 and 10 in the draft, Brad, it needs to needs to be the draft that takes you to the promised land, not the, the, the... You're not in the promised land yet. You need to at least make finals with these guys. I mean, you wouldn't want to... I mean, you finished 11th last year. Geelong finished 12th. You wouldn't want to be jumped by Geelong on the way back up again after winning a flag two years ago. No, we wouldn't, but I think it's more on our system, Dwayne, rather than those three boys stepping up. I mean, if you have a look at Friday, it's exactly how we finished last year. Ping the ball in forward long and just watch it come straight over ahead. We could have an all-Australian back line. They're not going to stop the other team from scoring the way the ball comes through the Essendon midfield. And that's the hard part, isn't it, Brad? You've got a new coach and you have to trust in the system, but you don't sound like you're trusting in the system that much. Not, not yet. I do trust in Brad Scott, but I, I just I can't see us having a massive year this year. But I, I think Reid will be something. I don't think they're a bust yet. No, well, this year's going to be big, Brad, and I'm looking forward to seeing them as well. Archie Perkins has played 62 games. Nick Cox has played 33. Zach Reid's played eight. So, yeah, we're about to find out. Brad, that's the beauty of what's coming up. Um, great to have you call. Hold the line. We've got a brick lane dining experience for two including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Heaps to come. A few more of those dining experiences, thanks to Brick Lane to give away, or one at least, in the next half an hour. And St. Dwayne's World T-shirt still. Our open line brought to us by Warwick here, one You call, you get on, one 736 Cox is currently in no man's land, and I think it's time for Essendon to settle him in a set position instead of moving him around the ground. Uh, Perkins and Reid have been basically injured the entire time. Uh, surely this is relevant. Yes, yeah, some players do get injured more than others. Um, you're right about that. So sometimes you've got to wait a little longer. But this is season four coming up for them. Uh, since when has an Essendon supporter got the right to call themselves long-suffering? 
You know who's long-suffering, St Kilda. Uh, thank you for that as well. Keep your text coming, 0433 98 Another one here, massive asterisk on the 2020 draft pipe given no junior footy and COVID impacted the development of players, and that's true. And another one here, uh, Dwayne, Sydney's academy isn't a next-gen, so I'll take that clarification. It's an academy for local products, but it's not like the next-gen academy that the dogs got Jamara Ewell Hagen with. Um, and Geelong was sneaky good in that 2020 draft, Dwayne. I also picked Errol Goulden in that draft, and Sydney matched the bid. Uh, thanks for that text as well, Jody. Back after the break, more of your calls. You with Dwayne's well. Great about your calls from Midday Matter, Steve in Melton. Welcome to you, Steve. Thanks for holding. Yeah, hey, Dwayne. I just I just listening to, to a few people talk there, I just had a quick look at Collingwood's draft fall of that year. Considering their trade period where it was disaster after disaster, they picked up um, McCreary, Ginevan in the rookie draft. They got Oliver Henry, who could have been a star at Collingwood, but he wanted to go home. They got Fing- uh, um, McRae, who is... Could be anything in the midfield if he, he can break his way in, in this year. They got a decent um, defender in the other kid. I can't remember. They delisted two players. I mean, you see, two premiership players, an upcoming midfielder, a bloke who's gone to to a, yeah. um, a side that was, you know, the then reigning premiers who fitted straight into their forward line and was probably their second best forward for the year. I just can't believe how good they went that year, considering what we remember from the trade period. Yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it, Steve? And Ollie Henry could end up being the second or third best player out of that draft. I mean, it might end up being the best player. Errol Gordon's probably the number one out of that draft so far. And Jamara, Eugle Hagen's probably right up there. But, yeah, I think you're right about a number of those players. There's a watch on all of these guys this year because it's their fourth year. And that's, there's a watch on Nick Cox, Archie Perkins, Zach Reed, But there's a watch on Finn McRae and Reef McGinnis. But a few are ahead of the others. A few have already had good seasons. There's one here on the text suggesting that Lockie Jones is just a plotter with Port Adelaide. You're right, but sometimes these plotters end up playing 200 games and end up playing 200 you know, pretty good games for a club. You don't necessarily have to be a superstar. If you can get a 200-game career out of your pick 16 or 17, then it's still not too bad. I'd be taking that ahead of... You know, hard part is a number of these players have been injured. Denver, Granger, Paras, Hawthorne, pick six has been injured so often. Um, it's made it really hard for him to actually let us know how good he is. Hey, great to have your call. Uh, keep your calls coming. one three hundred seven three six seven three six for Midday Matters. If you've got a thought on all of this, let me read a few more of their texts as well that have come through on that 40 Winks temper text. Why isn't the fitness and medical staff at the Bombers getting more attention for the fact they haven't managed some of these players well? Yeah, some injuries you can't avoid, but I think some injuries can, if you've got a good medical team, uh, be reduced at least a little. Uh, Reed, Cox, Danaher, Draper, how many more load-based injuries need to happen? Uh, thanks for that text. Uh, pipe going off that 2020 draft. In my eyes, Jamara, definitely the number one pick out of it for no, with no doubt. Uh, thanks for that, Dom, in Armstrong Creek. Uh, what are you smoking, Dwayne? Perkins, better than Peddler. Uh, and the other two are key position. They take time. I'm not, is Perkins, Perkins better than Peddler? Probably yes, but but Peddler's a pretty good player. I mean, Luke Peddler's got a career going at the moment. I like what he's looking like. Spiros and Carnegie, are you there, Spiros? Yeah, Dwayne. You're on the air, Spiros. Hello. Welcome to you. How are you, Dwayne? Um, yeah, just I just want to talk about injuries this time of the year, um, and we're, we haven't started the real deal games yet. Uh, like, there's a few clubs that have got. You know, a lot of injuries, and there's other clubs that don't have that many. You don't hear at all. Like, 
predominantly I hear about Richmond, I hear about, I think, Hawthorne, and I think, I'm not sure, there's probably a few others. And other clubs, you don't hear anything at all. Now, and, and, and I'm just wondering, like, what, are they, are clubs, are some, but some clubs overtrained this time of the year. Why, why is there so many, Dwayne? Well, the clubs will tell you it's luck, Spiros, but it, it could be the ground they're training on, it could be the way they're training as well, Spiros. That's the hard part. It's the preparation of your, your players is such a critical part of you. I mean, if you, if you go to a training session, there's five, six fitness staff working with these guys. I went, I went down and watched Geelong train the other day, and you know, they, they, uh, the, the pre-match um, sim warm-up stuff that they were doing was really, really extensive. I mean, they, leave, they don't leave anything to chance that a player's not warmed up and he hasn't got every part of his body ready to go because they just can't run that risk. Spiros, but a lot of it comes down to the player's own prep as well, how he gets to the training track, what he does in his spare time, how often he does rehab, etc. For, like for this, like tonight, I think Prestier is playing, um, and he's been injured now. You know, I wonder should he be playing? They probably won't play for the whole game, obviously. Um, but again, is he right? I mean, he's had so many, uh, I think, hamstring mm. injuries, and I, I, I was actually surprised when I saw that they were going to play him. Now again, like I said, he probably won't play the whole game. You know, so should a guy like that be playing, or should he be going through more? I mean, I mean we don't know, Dwayne, but just. You know, I was really surprised about Prestia playing tonight. So there's a different format tonight or across this next week of games than there is for round one. The games are still four 20-minute quarters plus time on, so they go the normal length, but you've got eight players on the interchange and unlimited rotations. So you've got eight players on the bench to play with. So there's a, there's a large capacity for you to play a player for a quarter, play a player for a half, play a player for three quarters, um, it'll be interesting to see if Melbourne pick Cam Oliver and how much game time they get into Cam. That's the beauty of having this format where it's the same game length, but eight players on the interchange with unlimited rotation. So they get a chance to, to maybe we get a chance to assess exactly how close to being ready for round one and round zero a few of these guys who've got question marks on their fitness are. Great to have you call, Spiros. Ashley and Malibu. Mar- Maryborough, welcome to you, uh, Ashley. Hi, Dwayne. Uh, Maryborough, Queensland. Maryborough, yes, of course. Uh, West Coast Eagles supporter here, and um, I'm very uh, interested in how Bucks has analysed uh, the draft for 2020. Well, I've gone back 2018, 19 and 20, and the Eagles had about uh, 16 selections in the draft, rookie and uh, the national, and only uh, five of those remain. Uh, so I'm very... Um, not concerned, but I just know that about 26, 27 will be the real test when the 21, 22 and 23 draft has gone through. I don't think we'll be playing finals for the next two years, three years at most, because the only one that really made himself in the 22 from those three years is Bailey Williams, the Ruckman. Mm. And the other four are on the list um, as bit part players. The one that might get through is Luke Edwards, which is Tyson's Edwards' son. But outside of that, those last three years, if Bucks is um, correcting what his analyst is, uh, is, is pretty dour. So I can't see us uh, getting to the finals until around 2027 if our last three drafts, 21, 22 and 23, uh, 23 are going to be, as Bucks suggests, the key years these players come through. It's not looking good for the West Coast, Ashley, I've got to say. But 
that's the lot in life when you don't draft well and you don't trade well. And they have made their own bed, really, in the West Coast. So, you know, at least they've got a, a bank of premierships. They're still, you know, arguably top five biggest clubs in Australia. So, you know, they're still going to fill the stadium. Things are still going okay. But in terms of ladder position, I'm worried about how long they'll stay down the bottom as well. Ashley, so I think you're spot on. You've hit the nail on the head there in many respects. Felix, Felix in Mount Martha, welcome to you, Felix. How you going, Dwayne? You good. Me? Yeah, you're on the air. Um, yeah, good. I just wanted to talk to you about the, um, the ticketing pre-sale that's going on with Ticketmaster today for games at Marvel Stadium through the Collingwood Football Club, of which I'm a Legends member. Um, games against West Coast and Bulldogs. $0 tickets turns out to be $30 uh, in booking fees. And the game against North Melbourne, um, we can't access tickets for some reason. They keep trying to charge us uh, above $55. You ring the club, can't get through to the club. So it's uh, a little bit of a nightmare, I think. Yeah, we had a few calls yesterday about Collingwood and their ticketing and the seating at Marvel, and a few people not happy about it, Felix. So obviously that's going to continue to snowball. Yeah, I, I would suspect so, um, especially when they're advertising $0 tickets and uh, then we're being charged for them and we've already paid a premium with our Legends membership. So it'll be an interesting space to watch, I think. Yeah, good call, because it was a number of callers and texters saying it yesterday, so they still haven't got it right today. Felix, um, just keep ringing the club. One on the text here, who's Cam Oliver? <laughs> Thanks for that. Clayton Oliver, of course, I was talking about. Cam Oliver uh, was an NBL basketballer who was a bit of a star here in Australia for a while whilst I was calling the basketball. It was in my mind. Dave on the road. You there, Dave? Yeah, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Good. Um, I think Perkins is is doing uh, real fine. I think Reed is... Um, he's going to be fine as well. I think he's just had injury problems. Cox is the, the one that I don't think's earned his spot to be in the, in the senior side. I think they need to find a spot for him and make him earn his spot. Um, and what I see of Perkins, I can see very similar to uh, Langford trying to make a mid-freer out of him when I think he's more of a forward. That's the way I see him. So do you think they'll get it all right this year? They'll all be injury-free and we'll see them blossom this year, all three? Um, I'm just not with Cox. I'm, I'm still worried about Cox making it. Hmm. Appreciate your call, Dave. We've got so many calls. I want to get to you all. Pat in Brisbane, welcome to you, Pat. Hey, Pipe, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Lions next Friday uh, Next Friday against the Blues. should be a, I'm going with a group of friends, and I think it should be close to a sellout, Dorino. Um, over 60,000 now, I think, members, which is just an incredible, you know, uh, up, like, uprise from where we were, like, six years ago. But the kids to watch out for me for the Lions, uh, Jimmy Tunstall's coming along quite nice. Um, I think he might... Be a chance in opening around, Dwayne, and also um, Kai Lohman, not far off. And, yeah, watch out for Levi Ashcroft, I think, potential top three pick. So two Ashcrofts in the midfield looks nice, Dwayne. It does. Uh, and if Levi is anywhere near as good as Will, then it's going to be fantastic for you, the regeneration of Brisbane. Pat, um, where are you going to play your games when the Gabbers are redone? Are they going to stay there or you're going to have to move somewhere else? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's it's all a bit of a shambles at the moment, isn't it? But I, I personally hope that we stay there and they do it in sections like they did at GMHBA. But I'm not sure. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shambles at the moment. But yeah, I'm not. I, I have no idea, mate. But I want to stay at the Gabba. 
Appreciate your call. Keep your calls coming. Take a quick break. one 300 On the way to the break, a couple of texts coming through. Uh, Tom Powell is the best mid out of that draft, Wayne. He will have a great year this year. Silky user, great size now. Kanga, Kanga, Kanga. So there's some confidence on Tom Powell. Uh, this bloke just hit the nail on the head. It's the system. I can't believe how poor we looked in transition at Essendon. Reed is the one who will be a star. Um, if the Crows have a good year and the Bombers end up where everyone thinks they'll end up, then Mason Redmond might regret his decision to stay at Bomberland. Ian from Port Moresby. Pipe, the Cam Guthrie injury news has come out at 8 to 10 weeks with a quad. Yeah, we had a call earlier on about that. But I, and who do you think is going to step up in Geelong's midfield? I think Max Holmes is the one. And we're talking about that draft as well. Um, and a couple here coming through on Ticket Tech. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Collingwood sent a message out. Ticketmaster has issued the wrong pricing structure. They are fixing it now, Mel. So maybe it's about to be fixed. Uh, another one here. Uh, just some feedback on Ticketmaster. AFL needs to step in. It was impossible for me to book $5 tickets to the D's game because they were identifying me as a bot. Um, thank you for that, Rowan. Uh, and obviously, you're not a bot. Great to have your calls and your text. You with Dwayneswell. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls and your text from Midday Matters. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Matters promise, and the number is 1300 736 736. Take your calls all the way to 2 o'clock, and then after 2 o'clock on the lunch menu for Barclays Smokehouse, ask for Grandmother Ham at your local deli. And you can find it at your local deli, Grandmother Ham, thanks to the good people at Barclay Smokehouse. Liam Pickering after two. Grant Elliott to talk to cricket tonight after two. Sammy Edmund also to join us after two with the latest news. And Simon Hill to talk the world game. But your calls all the way until two o'clock, one 736 736 And a couple of texts on the way back to your calls. Um, hi, Dwayne. Watch out for Mitch Nevitt from Geelong this year. The kid is an athletic beast and has a beautiful pair of hands be a household name at the end of the year. He'll get opportunities this year. Another one here. Um, Dwayne, uh, Bombers supporters like myself need to still be realistic. Reed has hardly played for two years. No Cox last year. Perkins is developing into a very fine footballer. It takes time, so give them a chance to gel together. Cheers, Bomber. Jamie from Tassie. Yeah, that's the other issue, though. You've got a number of players who have an instant impact on their teams. I mean, year one, you've got guys having an impact. So... Here we are with the 2020 draft, guys. It's year four for them. So you would expect that this has to be the year that uh, some pressure comes on them to deliver, given how many straight-out-of-the-draft players like Sheasel, etc., have delivered year one. Uh, Levi is definitely better than Will Ashcroft and will go top three. Thank you. And one here, uh, don't worry, Pipe. Cam Oliver left an impression on a whole lot of Hoop fans. Yeah, he left an impression on me, given my Clayton Oliver, Cam Oliver stuff up. Another one here. Um, I'm sick of clubs making excuses for tall players. Midfielders are expected to come in and be superstars from day one. And you're spot on about that. Think of the pressure that Jason Horn Francis was under, given the pressure of, you know, a couple of the... Well, it was amazing, really, the season the Sheasel had last year. Uh, afternoon pipe. Um, Errol Gordon is top 10 in the league already. Be tough for anyone from 2020 to top him anytime soon. Unless it's a key position player that can come on in the next few years, uh, that's spot on. He had a sensational year last year and could have been a Brownlow medalist 
in year three of his career. And quite a few continue to come through on Ticket Tech. Hi, Dwayne. Ticket Tech going beautifully today. Keeps dropping out. What a disgrace. I'm here. Dwayne, I'm a full Legends member, home and away for Marvel Games. We needed to use Ticketmaster to buy zero-value seats, but they, are, they charged us. Can you follow up with the Collingwood Football Club? Well, hopefully the Collingwood Football Club is hearing your pain because something obviously needs to be done, the amount of text that we've got coming through on it. Back with more of your calls and your text throughout the break for Dwayne's Well. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Let's not mess about. Straight back to your calls for Midday Madness. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. And the Midday Madness number is 1-300-736-736. You call, you get on, and we'll get you on, if not right now. Uh, we'll get you on straight after the 1 o'clock news. James and Ivanhoe is on right now. Well, thanks for holding, James. Welcome to you. No, it's fine. A couple of things. Um, once uh, my son's coming over from uh, Tassie to watch the St Kilda and games with a few of his mates for Grand Prix, um, we're MCC members, mate. You get on there with Tick Attack. You can get on there and you get right towards the end of it and you're just about to go to pay. Then it'll refresh. doesn't keep you've got to go right back and start the whole bloody process again. It's uh, really, really frustrating. It's not just one time. It happens nearly every single bloody time. It's, um, yeah, it's so a bit, James, it's a bit harsh. no, I, I get your pain because I'm in my 50s and when it happens to me, I think, is this an old person problem? Is this me? <laughs> Have I hit the wrong button? Have I not read the way to use this technology correctly? Am I just not with the younger generation? So sometimes when I think of the problem, James, I think, well, maybe it's me. And I've got to own up to the fact that maybe I should be more savvy. And sometimes when my kids do it, they are a lot quicker in there. Well, seem to be a lot more damn patient than me, James. Yeah, that could be right, Wayne. And just just another point. Just, I, I want to take back, I don't think uh, John Longmire got the credit that he deserved back in, I think it was 2020, um, when uh, Sydney, I think he played probably half a dozen, half a dozen to eight young kids. He just kept on giving them a game. And then towards the end of the season, they started to hit their boots. And the next year, they come real good. Um, you talk about drafting people, I think you've got to give them a go. And that's, that's the whole thing about it. They've got to get give, give, been given game time. Great to have you called, James. Really appreciate you jumping on. And if Sydney do win the flag this year, which they're a chance to do, they're going to look at that 2020 draft we've been talking about and say, hey, how good was that for us? Errol Gordon, academy player, pick 32. Amazing, really, to get him. The best player in that draft, that pick 32, because he was an academy player. They didn't even think that Errol Gordon was going to be the best player out of their academy because they took Braden Campbell, an academy player, at pick five. So they got Logan McDonald, pick four, Braden Campbell, pick five, and Errol Gordon, pick 32. Um, great to have you call. Interesting discussion. Uh, keep your calls coming. We'll go back to your calls straight after the one o'clock news. I want to talk about tonight's game after the news as well. Um, so Collingwood tonight without Scott Pendlebury, without Jeremy Howe, and Richmond tonight without Toby Nankervis, without Tom Lynch, without Nick Vloston, a couple of other players out as well. Uh, Ryan Mansell's not playing. Sam Banks is not playing. They're both injured, but might not be in their best 18 anyway. So uh, Liam Baker's going to captain the team tonight. It's interesting to me looking at Collingwood's forward line. So Will Hoskin Elliott, Jamie Elliott, Brody Mychek as a forward line for full forward line for Collingwood. Tom Mitchell, Darcy Cameron, and Lockie Schultz 
is the half forward line for Collingwood. They've got Bobby Hill named up on a wing, and Nick Dacos is named on a half-back flank. Gee, it's a hard team to get into. Collingwood's bench, John Noble, Jack Crisp, Bo McCreary, Ash Johnson amongst the players on their bench. Not even able to get into their eight interchange player list. Eight interchange. Nathan Kruger couldn't get a game in that game tonight. So we'll talk about that. And Richmond's side of the coin. And a couple of players that couldn't get a game either. What's well, it's Morris Rioli Jr. and Hugo Rousmith couldn't get into the, the 18 or the eight players on the bench. Talk about tonight's game after the break. Jump on the line. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have you company for Dwayne's World. Another big hour of Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise and the number if you want to jump on. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, the number is 1300 736 736. 1300 736 736, and we'll get you on in this hour. In fact, uh, we'll get you on straight away. We've got Ian and Ali on the line. We'll get you on. There's quite a few lines that are empty, and that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. And you can check out the EV6 and the EV9 and the Nero down at Werribee Kia. Their entire electric range is ready to be test driven by you. So drop down and see David, Janan, Aid, and Jim and the whole team. They would love to see you at Werribee Kia. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Uh, quite a few texts coming through as well on ticketing, etc. There's been a bit of news floating around today. Sammy Edmund is going to join us a little bit later on with the latest news. But the latest news news is that Cam Guthrie with the quad is going to be out for maybe eight weeks for the Cats. So it is a severe injury that Cam Guthrie has got. And the game that was scheduled for the afternoon on Thursday has now been pushed back to the night because of the weather. So Sydney and Brisbane was going to be an afternoon game and then the Giants and the Suns were going to play the night game. But now there's two games going on head-to-head on Thursday night. So Sydney and Brisbane and the Giants and the Suns will both be going uh, at night. So tomorrow night, Carlton and Melbourne. That's still going to be a hot one at Icon Park. In fact, one here on the text just asking me, uh, Dwayne, looking at the weather forecast, and Carlton are going to have to play their second preseason game in 35-plus degree weather. Not the best prep for the season proper. Uh, I spoke to Patrick Cripps yesterday on this program, and he said that it is good prep because they're going to have to play the Lions up in Queensland in hot conditions. So it's probably good prep for them for that game, even though, yeah, it might knock them around a bit tomorrow. That's a 6.40 start tomorrow night. So uh, your thoughts on that, Carlton fans? And your thoughts on tonight, Collingwood and Richmond fans? I want to take your calls on this. So you've got a couple of players that can't get a game, even at this stage. So Scott Pendlebury, Jeremy Howe, not in for Collingwood. They've got to come back. But they're not playing this game tonight. So Nathan Kruger couldn't get a game for Collingwood. So it doesn't look like Collingwood intend to play Nathan Kruger as a forward early in the season. Their bench, and there's eight player interchange benches for tonight's game. John Noble, Finn McRae, Jack Crisp, Reef McGuinness, Bo McCreary, Harvey Harrison, Ash Johnson, and Charlie Dean. You would think of those players, if this was round one, the bench would probably be, well, probably John Noble... Jack Crisp, Bo McCreary and Ash Johnson would probably be the best, the bench. And the Richmond bench as well. When you look at, unable to make Richmond's squad of 26. Morris Rioli Jr. can't get into the squad of 26. 
And Hugo Rousmith can't in, get into the squad of 26. On the bench for Richmond, on the eight-man bench, Jacob Hopper, Jack Graham, Jack Ross, Steely Green, Tom Brown, and Samson Ryan is probably going to be used as a second ruck. So it's a pretty good team that Richmond are going to put out, even though they don't have Nankervis, Lynch, Vloston, and a couple of other players as well. But your thoughts on Adam Uze's lineup to start the season for you? Jacob Hopper starting off the bench. And if this was round one, your bench for Richmond fans would probably be Hopper. You wouldn't be leaving Jack Graham out of the team. You wouldn't be leaving Jack Ross out of the team. So it would be Hopper, Graham, Ross, and maybe one of Steely Green, Tom Brown, and Samson Ryan. Probably Samson Ryan if you need a backup. But your thoughts on tonight and those two teams, Collingwood and Richmond fans, because we're about to watch it all unfold tonight, or you'll hear it on SEN. And Liam Pickering is bringing you the game. He's going to join us later on in the program. Dave in Box Hill, you got a thought? Welcome to you, Dave. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Mate, Mad Pie supporter, McGinnis. It's time for him to actually show what he's got because he's been given chances, right? He does a lot of stuff on his social media and all this sort of stuff. This is his chance. Same as McRae. McRae has, has worked his butt off. So those two boys, I really want to see them perform. I really do, mate. Well, year four. It's, it's judgment day, isn't it, Davis? We'll be talking about straight off the top. 100%, mate. Or they won't be on the list next year. I'm telling you now. Appreciate your call. Uh, good to have your thoughts, Dave. I don't know if you've got a Dwayne to a T-shirt, but we'll try and send one your way. If you haven't got one yet, uh, and uh, still a few ready to go in stock to be sent out. A couple of texts saying, um, where's mine? They're on their way. Uh, they are on their way, Hutchie tells me. Uh, Ali in Wollongong, what can you do, Ali? You want to talk Errol Gordon? No. Don't you mean the Swans first and the Melbourne Demons? Not you said Brisbane, Brisbane Lions. It's an SCG. Uh, yes. It's... It's... Sorry, yeah. empty, far away. Ali, I, I, can't, I can't quite. Sydney and Brisbane. And Thursday night? No, Melbourne Demons. Melbourne Demons. Uh, SCG. Melbourne Demons. That's yeah. It. Yeah, and then later it's Brisbane Lions. I saw it in the AFL rounds. rounds. Yes, yeah, so I'm, anyway. talking the, I'm talking the community series. So it's Carlton and Melbourne tomorrow night, and then Thursday night the game's been pushed back to a night game. Sydney and the Brisbane Lions for the community series or the preseason Game and then when the main season starts, of course, uh, it's uh, it's obviously going to be the the round zero that we're starting with, Ali. Exactly. Anyway, yep. yeah, the Swans need to sign you as soon as possible, three, four years, so no one can poach on him. And another player, how Kane said, we need to get for the Swans, Jacob Withering from Blues. He's a defender. So you want to get Weedering up. You think you need an extra defender? You probably do need an extra defender, but I don't think you'll get Weedering. That's a hard one to be pulling out of Carlton at the moment, Ali. Yeah, true to that, but I hope we can get him. I hope. Well, how long will you sign Errol Gordon up for, Ali? What's the, what's the amount of years you'd be happy to give Errol Gordon if you're a Swan fan? If you've got a thought on this, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. He could be in line for a, He could be the next seven-year man, couldn't he? Exactly. He'll be a premiership player for us if we keep him for three, four years. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to be a long-time gun as well. It wasn't just a gun last year. Great to have you called. Johnny Mill Park, you there, John? G'day, Dwayne. I hope you're well. Um, thanks for taking my call as usual. Just a, a quick one. I think there's a couple of players actually that are really going to be interesting for tonight's game. I'm really looking forward to seeing Lacau play again. 
the New Zealand boy. Mm. And Thompson Dow in the middle, I, I think this kid is going to be... I think Damien Hardwick basically stalled his uh, progression within the Richmond team, and he's showing some real ability. But Naismith's the one. Uh, it's very smart recruiting, considering that Toby Nankervis may not play round one or round two. But to have Naismith, who I thought played a great game against Gorn, could be a real difference for Richmond. 100% agree with you on all of that. So Richmond's bench, on their eight-man bench, they've got McKelty LaFowle, who's you, who you mentioned, Ben Miller, Sampson Ryan, Tom Brown, Steely Green, Jack Ross, Jack Graham, Jacob Hopper. So it's a fair effort to get a, a game ahead of Hugo Rousmith and Morris Rioli Jr. if you're McKelty LaFowle, given that he's probably going to play as that tackling forward, isn't he, like Morris Rioli Jr. would? Well, he will, and, and not only that, but I think he... I mean, at 196 centimetres and 95 kilos and has an enormous power on him, you could also give him a stint in the middle if they want a power bloke to just extract the ball out or even thump a tackle on someone legally, not without hitting the head, of course. Mm. But he could be a real, real, real big proposition. I actually think he'll be in um, the uh, selection mode for round one. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be... Well, they're both going to be tough teams to get into, but the Richmond injury worry is a little bit longer. As you mentioned, Toby Nankervis... Tom Lynch won't play in that opening game, you wouldn't think. I think Nick Vlosten might be okay, but Ryan Mansell and Sam Banks are the other couple that are on the injured list. And I think there's one other. Maybe Judson Clark could be as well. Um, great to have you call. Good to talk about tonight. Uh, good to be talking footy. I know it's not the real stuff, but it's closer to the real stuff than we've got all summer. Johnny Mill Park, you there, John? Ray, sorry, welcome to you, Ray. G'day, man. Good to have you on. Hello. Yeah, you're on the there. Uh, okay, just about the Collingwood team tonight. Uh, yeah, it's a couple of players there. That, uh, the previous caller mentioned Reese McKeans. Um, I saw all the practice, pre-practice and intra-club matches, and I'm stunned that he's been given a shot, but the club knows better, obviously. But this is his chance to perform. And the other one is Billy Frampton with Nathan Murphy out injured. This is his chance to solidify himself as a tall defender. If he doesn't do this, even though he's a beautiful premiership player, we love him, I think his spot's in jeopardy because Jeremy Howe comes back next week. What do you reckon about that? No, I agree with all of that. So Billy Frampton in the def- in defence, Jeremy Howe slots back there when he comes back in. You're right. I mean, Nathan Murphy, we don't know how long he'll be out for, but let's just assess it on the run that he might be out for a while. Uh, and so it's a huge opportunity for Billy. There's a couple of spots in that back line maybe up for grabs at the moment. I don't, I'm not sure Nick Dacos has been named on a half-back flank. Is that because they have got too many in the midfield they want to play? Still, Sidebottom's been named on the ball, not on a wing. Bobby Hill and Josh Dacos, the two wings. It's almost as if Nick Dacos has either been squeezed out of the midfield if he does play on a half-back flank, or they need him on the half-back flank to generate that run. Which one, Ray? I, I think I would pay no attention to the team list. Yep. Uh, McRae did that. Sly McRae did that a few times last year. I think when they run out, they'll be in their natural positions. I, it's just just the way they they list them because you've been given a dictate to, to list the team. That's all. Well, you do have to start line up six, six, and six. So most teams this in the twenty twenty four version of the way you pick a team have got a half back flanker who doesn't mind a man really. So you're just the extra midfielder running off half-back. And Nick Dacos has done that well when he's played a half-back for a couple of years now. 
But I can I would rather have Nick Dacos starting in the centre square at the bounce. But when you've got the centre square starting four that Colling was named, it's hard to squeeze one of these guys out. Jordan Degoe kind of has to be in the centre square starting four for mine. You've also got, well, they've got Pat Lipinski on the ball. They could play him at halfback and put Nick Dacos in the middle. Still side bottoms, the other one. They want to get into the midfield for the bigger body. Great to have you call, Ray. Good to be talking tonight. Phil and Werribee, are you there, Phil? Yeah, the one got you there, mate. Yeah, you're on the air, Phil. Welcome. Yeah, mate, just wanted to chat Sydney, mate. Just excited to see how um, Errol does go. I'd throw a good five, six-year contract at him. Got to keep him there. He'll be our future captain, I think. Um, looking forward to seeing the Lizard, too, off the mm. half-back flank, not being locked down as a key defender like he was last year. Hopefully we can free him up. And I think we need a really big year out of Heaney and Papley. Um, just to support um, McDonald up in the forward line. So Heaney hasn't really spiked to become that, well, I shouldn't say Brownlow contender, but uh, the player that you probably hope, he played in the midfield last week in the trial game more than forward. So are they going to make him a midfielder for the full year, do you think, Phil? Well, I think they're going to have to do something considering Mills and Parker are both out. Um, Mm. You know, the back end of the the year is going to look good when Mills and Parker both come in, fresh legs, take a bit of pressure off the younger kids as well, so... That should be good. And I think Warner, um, I think that was average last year. The year before, he had a massive year. Um, I think he can be that bull bull in the centre, take over from Parker. Yeah, I can't uh, disagree with you there. The He's, I think, got a huge upside as a midfielder. But you're right about Parker. I'm not sure how long he'll be out for, but you need a bit of a replacement there. And um, there's a couple of... Sheldrick's another little player who could actually fill that role in the midfield. We haven't seen enough of him to know whether he's going to be anywhere near as good as Luke Parker. But uh, it'd be nice if he blossomed as well this year. Hey, great to have a chat dear Phil. Really appreciate jumping on the line. And we'll get a Dwayne's World, t- World T-shirt to you in Werribee as well. Sarah in North Fitzroy. Welcome to you, Sarah. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Good. That's the way. I was watching um, First Crack last night, and uh, they were talking about Brisbane, they thought they spoke a lot about Collingwood, which is fair enough. And they spoke about um, Brisbane, and all Kingy had to say was that they're out of the window, the premiership window, because they've only picked up a player in due day, but he forgets that there's also Jack Payne to come in and um, Ashcroft to come in. And and I'm thinking, what, how, how did, because they had their four years in the, in the last five years, they've made the finals. He's saying that last year was our year to win it. And I, and I had a high, high regard for him, but now I've lost it. He's not in my book anymore. Forget him. Everyone's got their own theory, Sarah. Everyone's got a theory as to what the mix of ages you need on your list, what the mix of midfielders to forwards to defenders you need to have in your lineup, how many of those running defenders off halfback you need, uh, how long you have to be in the window to win one. Uh, whether you have to lose one to win one. Everyone's got their own theories. Sarah, I love Kingy. He's got his own theories. I've got mine. And my theory is Brisbane's still in the window. Sarah, um, and I think they might be in the window for a while, given the list they've got. Thanks, buddy. I feel better now. <laughs> I'm not just saying that to make you happy either, by the way. They are well and truly in the window. And I've picked Brisbane to win the flag this year. Keep your calls coming for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Uh, quite a few still coming through on the ticketing. Uh, one here on the ticketing, people. Um, afternoon, Pipe. Love your work. Can SDM please organise a show? 
between 2 and 4 a.m. for Pies fans to call in and talk about tickets so they don't interrupt your show every day. Well, there's been a few that have had a gripe. That's the beauty of Midday Madness. You call, you get on, and it is a legitimate gripe right now. Dwayne, do you feel that the eight-man leadership group that has been implemented by the Adelaide Crows is a concept more applicable to under-12s? Uh, there's so many leaders, including three vice-captains, create too many chiefs. Um, well, Chad, it doesn't work until it works. So, Sydney, I didn't like the idea of having three co-captains either. And then they want a flag with it, and you thought, well, maybe just better shut up. Three co-captains does work. So, until you make it work, it doesn't work. So, um, at, at the moment, I wouldn't do it, no. But if the Crows win the flag this year, they're going to tell the world, hey, uh, how smart were we? We had the extended leadership group that worked for us, and whatever worked for us uh, should be seen as a success if we win a flag with it. Hi, Dwayne. Two things. Uh, if you're in your 50s, you're not old. And if you time out, then maybe you need to upgrade your computer. That's from Paul. Thanks for that advice as well. Uh, will we hear the pipes on the community series broadcast? You will tomorrow night. So Liam Pickering and I are doing that Melbourne game tomorrow night. And another one here. Golden could be the best kick in the history of football. What do you think, Pipe? Name me a better kick. Well, there's a tough one off the top of my head. Uh, Darren Jarman? Well, the text machine will help us out. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. you want to jump in the open line. Best kick in the history of the game to help Jez out. Is it Errol Gordon? I think to be the best kick in history, you have to be two-sided. So let me just go with that. Um, if you can use both sides, then uh, I think you've got a bigger arsenal than someone who's just a super one-sided kick. But, hey, send through your text, 0433981116, or jump on the line, best kick in history, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You're with Dwayne's well. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great right, you calls for Midday Madness. Greg in Perth. Welcome to you, Greg. Good, good, thanks. What do you got? Oh, just in terms of the best kick, I, I think Nathan Buckley have to be in the conversation, wouldn't it? Wouldn't he, both sides of the body? Yeah, I like it, Greg. I like it. A lot of nominations coming through on the text, but I like that one as a nomination to kick us off. Steve on the road, you've got one? Mate, a, a bloke that uh, won a Norm Smith medal a couple of years ago, if he had a played in Melbourne, absolute superstar, Luke Shuey. Both sides of the body every day of the week. Nice call, Steve. Joe in Roeville. Welcome to you, Joe. How you going, Dwayne? Good. I reckon um, Sam Mitchell by a mile. Natural mm. right footer. The only guy that used to have a set shot with his opposite foot, left foot, and you couldn't tell whether he was a right or a left footer. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, there's a few coming through on the text on that as well. David Melton, welcome to you, Dave. G'day, mate. How are you, mate? I, yeah, good. I'll take you to, to the young bloke who won the best and fairest last season, Josh Stakos. Either side of the body, and this bloke kicks goals as well, not like the others. You take Josh ahead of Nick? Oh, he won the best and fairest. Like, his disposal was exceptional. Hits mm. targets everywhere. He's brilliant. Yeah, nice, nice call, nice call. Zelik in Doncaster. Hello, Zelik. Hi, Dwayne. Good to have you um, on. Long suffering. Hi, Dwayne. Uh, long suffering, uh, diehard demon supporter. Just wondering, which would be a more palatable result for the Demons this year? To struggle into the finals 
uh, be in the lower reaches of the eight, win a final and then bow out, or have a strong home and, home and away season, finish top four and go out in straight sets again? Uh, good question, Zelik. It depends on how you lose your games, I think. Now, if you were beaten by a better team on the day and you had a lot of injuries on the day and the team that beat you on the day to knock you out of the finals ended up winning the flag, then it's probably not so bad. But you're talking about three years in a row being knocked out in straight sets would have an impact. Would have an impact on the psyche of mental, um, the mental psyche of a lot of Melbourne fans who have already got a few people at Melbourne in the gun. So, yeah, I reckon you're better off winning a final at least and finishing the lower reaches and winning a final going up rather than starting the finals high and going down. Would that be the way you see it? Yeah, sadly, I think I, think I, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm. It's a weird one to think that I agree with that too, but it's what came out of my mouth. Andrew and Nidri, you there, Andrew? I am, Dwayne. Uh, I just got back from uh, Tullamarine and watched Essendon and train for a change. And... Um, mm. And I can tell you this now that uh, Reed is ready to go. He's uh, going to hold that centre half back position down really well. Looks very fit and, and and very convincing. And the other guy at training, which was very impressive, was Archie Roberts. Uh, they played him through the midfield and um, in a simulated match practice, and he got a lot of the ball too. So watch out for him for during the year. A uh, couple of absentees, they weren't training. Uh, Kelly won't be playing. He didn't play. Um, and also, um, Shields had a bit of a hit out, um, but he didn't play the whole time. And um, But he looked okay as well. So, a few players not playing, um, and they looked quite good for a change. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like them last week. I heard you on there yesterday, Andrew. Yeah. I was depressed. I looked... Oh, if I wasn't uh, 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 you know, an essence supporter, uh, you know, I'd be on the couch with a psych, uh, psychologist trying to work out where we're going. But um, I was really, yeah, underwhelmed. You know, like uh, Dwayne, when you, I know it's only a scratch match. I know people are saying you don't put too much emphasis on it, but St Kilda turned up and we didn't, basically. You know, and you can cover, you can sugarcoat it as much as you like. When you finish the season off so poorly last year. Um, you've got something to prove to your supporters, don't you? You know, like, or prove to yourself that you're good players, mainly. And um, and that performance last week was uh, underwhelming, to say the least. Um, but, you know, Geelong is a, is a test this Friday night, and hopefully people get down there to watch them, and, and uh, it'll be a different um, Essendon, hopefully, this Friday. But that's been our problem. Uh, what Essendon side comes out to play, you know, it's just the inconsistency of the side, uh, which upsets a lot of us. Um, so Geelong finished twelfth. Geelong finished twelfth last year. You finished eleventh. Uh, you wouldn't want them to go past you on the way back up, uh, given that they won a flag two years ago, and now they reckon they're better than you already. Well, well, that's the issue for us. You know, we've got a lot of young players. You know, there are a lot of young players in, in our on our list, and hopefully they'll come up. But if this rebuild doesn't work. Dwayne, as we mm. said earlier on this year, um, you know, it, it is a real bad indictment of Essen over the last 20 years. They still haven't been able to rebuild the side to be competitive. And that's my biggest concern. You know, on paper, we look great. You know, there's a lot of good players on paper. Mm. But, you know, it's, 
it's you know like you know um, at the best seller it doesn't always um, win out you know like you've got to produce the goods on the you know and um, it's about time we did. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier whilst you were watching training. Great to have you call. Mark on the road, best kick. Your thoughts, Mark? Dwayne, uh, I've got two, but first of all, Gary Hawking. And mm-hmm. the main one, you can't get any better than Ackermanis. Love it. Good call, Mark. Love it. Dominic in Brunswick. You there, Dominic? Yeah, Dwayne, you there? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Ackermanis as well. He was a freak, both sides of the body. And Taylor Walker. Yeah, Taylor Walker's a ripper. Ackermanis, great nominations. Dominic, glad you jumped on the line. And we've got something for you. We've got Dwayne's for a T-shirt. Baz in Coburg, you there, Baz? Yeah, afternoon, Dwayne. Um, Diesel Williams. Yeah, it has to be up there, Baz. And got a few on, on the text for Diesel as well. Great to have you back, Baz. Uh, Dwayne Diesel, one day at Princess Park. He was about 30 metres out. His knee must have been giving him hell, so he just kicked the goal with his left. Johnny Mernder. Uh, another, well, quite a few texts coming through. Dustin Fletcher used to hit blokes lace out from 60 metres. Didn't miss a target in 400 games. <laughs> that might be a stretch. Uh, Kapler, Jarman, Pritchard. Yeah, they're three great names. Good nominations on the text. Sam Mitchell kicked both feet absolutely magnificently. What a champion he was. Cheers, Daniel. Nicky Winmar, one of the best kicks as well. Chris, good nomination. Uh, best kick in history. Satanaro Halpin, that's from Shorey. A very funny Shorey, a little bit of com- comedy mixed in. Uh, Simon Beasley was an amazing kick. Bernie Quinlan, super boot. Mark McClure was awesome. KB was mighty booming kick for a tiny guy. Thank you. And quite a few nominations coming through for Acker. Best two-sided kick. And Leon Cameron, not too bad either from Glenn. And quite a few nominations for Leon Cameron. Uh, Leon Cameron, didn't, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know whether he was left or right foot. Uh, another one here from JG. Leon Cameron didn't miss any kicks, Dwayne. Back with plenty to count, but you at Dwayne's World. Yeah, the boys are back in town tonight. Looking forward to the footy being back on tonight on Foxtel and KO. You can check it out on Fox Footy and you can get it on SEN as well. Liam Pickering's got to be having a chat to us. He's doing the game tonight. We'll have a chat to Pickers in about 10 minutes' time. The text machine has gone crazy. So best kicks, uh, Diesel, best two-sided kick in history. That's from Bob. He's Scotland, very underrated. That got a nomination. Mick McGuan was like silk. Uh, Mike, Mark Bays, beautiful to watch here. Great technique. Doug Hawkins, either side. Thank you. Um, Dustin Fletcher, best kick easily. Greg from Somerville. Uh, Nathan Buckley, Leon Cameron, Lindsay Gilby. Uh, cheers from uh, Don from Cranbourne. Thank you. Uh, G'day, Dwayne. Do you think this year is the year the King Brothers should be showing some potential? Cheers, B. Yeah, look, I'm on the Max King bandwagon. I think the, the Saints are going to play quicker. Get it to him quicker. Uh, I think Max King will have a massive season, but we've talked about that. I think uh, we talked about uh, who I rate as the my top 10 forwards to have an impact on the competition this season, and Max King um, was higher than Nick Larkey, impact on the season-wise, even though he might not kick more goals, uh, and that got a few North Melbourne fans a little uppity. But uh, I think Max King's going to have a huge year, and if he has a huge year kicking you know, 50 or 60 in a team that does some damage in the finals, then uh, it's going to change St Kilda's world. Uh, keep your text coming through. Gary Ablett Senior, both sides were magic. Uh, Dwayne, I reckon we need to go back, way back, when players kicked punt kicks, drop kicks and stab passes. Paul Viner from the Cats, a nomination from Susan. Thank you, Susan, for your nomination. Nice one from you. Hey, Dwayne, I'm sorry to be negative, but the Lizard is very overrated. Turns it over a lot. Cheers. Great show, Mark. From Karen Downs, uh, thank you. Tony Lockett, yeah, in terms of goal kicks, absolutely. 
Uh, Dwayne uh, Diesel won. Um, well, Sam Mitchell, sorry, was the best kick ever. Natural right footer who set shots at goal were with his left. And you couldn't tell if he was right or left. Uh, thank you for that as well, Joe. Uh, quite a few coming for Superboot as well. Keep your text coming, 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper text. You can check out the whole temper range, uh, T-E-M-P-U-R, temper, mattresses and pillows like no other. The all-new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. You can check them out at your local 40 Winks. Dwayne's bought for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Liam Pickering's going to join me after the break to talk about tonight's game at Icon Park. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. The great debate for Titanium Caravans came out of nowhere today. Titanium Caravans, Australian-made luxury off-road caravans. Lots of nominations for best kick ever off the back of a texter asking who was the best kick ever. Uh, still the text comes through. Buddha Hocking, Craig Bradley, uh, Billy Goggins got a mention. Darren Jarman, who I went with off the top of my head, is also getting a few mentions as well. Uh, without question, Darren Jarman, greatest fuel kick ever. Just ask Dunstall in, in Viewbank. The great debate for titanium caravans built tough to tackle Australia's harshest conditions. Make your caravan a titanium. Speaking of harsh conditions, going to be harsh conditions tomorrow night as well. Um, well, not necessarily for the players, but for Pickers. He's got to work with me on the Carlton-Melbourne game. Welcome to you, Liam. Great to have you back on. Hey, Pipe. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Being you tomorrow night. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's going to be a bit bloody warm, but it'll be good. It's all right. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll bring some sustenance, won't we? We'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'll have your four cans of Coke, as usual, and your, and your, um, your V, and I'll have water, which is what <laughs> I'm rolling with these days. But I'm looking forward to it. Right, let's... Do you, think, do you think the Carlton Footy Club have actually maybe given a, you know, the, the, the commentary box we use a, a bit of a broom? They've maybe given it a bit of a clean. Last year I was sitting on bird crap the whole, the whole night, but uh, hopefully they've done a little bit of work for our box. Oh, I'm sure they've uh, tizzied it up beautifully and they'll have brand new wallpaper on it. They'll have some posters <laughs> of you on the wall. We'll be ready to go, hopefully. And it does look good, Icon Park. Hey, the new cattery gets unveiled as well this coming Friday night with the Geelong Essendon game as a little bit of a, a test case before the big St Kilda Geelong game for their round one encounter at the Cattery? Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. I haven't actually seen it since it's been all finished mm. in Joel Selwood's stand. So, now it'll be great to see. Hopefully they'll get a good crowd Friday night, but I'm um, convinced we'll get a big crowd tonight and tomorrow night for uh, these next two games. Yeah, what do you think about tonight? Um, the Collingwood Footy Club still has a couple of guys out, Pendlebury, Jeremy Howe, but they've got a pretty strong side. It's so strong that Nathan Kruger can't get a game couldn't get in. They've got eight on the bench for these games, so it does allow a deeper bench. But uh, gee, the names on Collingwood's bench are pretty good. Jack Crisp, Bo McCreary, Ash Johnson's on there, Reef McGuinness, Finn McRae, John Noble. Yeah, I went and watched them last week, actually. They a game down against North Bowl, and they had a lot of those guys out. But <clears throat> I'd be surprised if McGuinness doesn't play a fair bit of footy. He was really good last week, and Johnson was good as well. So now they've got a strong squad. I mean, you know, get a lot of their good players back that didn't play last week. So... I'd expect a full dress rehearsal tonight with um, not just Collingwood, but also with the Tigers. And for the Tigers, they do have a few out. Uh, Toby Nankervis not playing. Tom Lynch is still a few weeks away. Morris Rioli, Hugo Rousmith can't get a game. And they've got a pretty strong bench as well. Jacob Hopper, Jack Graham, Jack Ross. Pretty handy players that aren't in their 18. 
Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. And it tells you that they're a bit, a bit more depth than I think a lot of people think. So, uh, Ducky back tonight, which will be good to see. Keep seeing him running around. So, I think you need that deep bench. I mean, tonight will be warm. It's going to be pretty hot. It's going to be 29 or 30 degrees when it starts. But then the game we're doing tomorrow night, it's going to be 38. So, mm. yeah, extras on the bench is going to be pretty, uh, pretty important, I would have thought. Yeah, and the heat has forced the delay of the Thursday night game between Sydney and Brisbane. They've pushed that back to a 7-10 start. So, it'll go head-to-head with the... Giants and Suns game. Uh, what are you going to take out of the preseason pickers? Is there are you going to read too much into it, or are you going to try and hold your judgment? Oh, I'll hold my judgment a bit. I, I reckon it's probably one of those ones, Dwayne. Where you, you know you see the, the match sims, which are really just practice matches, really. I mean, they're not match sims, not running around, not tackling each other. So, um, but yeah, I did like what I saw with the, with the Saints uh, on Friday. I thought they were really good, and which a bit of the cats and. Uh, Watched a bit of the Cats and the Blues. I watched a half of that game as well, and you know that was pretty tricky conditions there last week. So, yeah, I mean, it's I haven't seen them all. I must say, I didn't see the Fremantle game. I didn't see the Port Adelaide Adelaide game. But yeah, I mean, it's, you just need to hit out. And to, this week will be the week where I think we'll get a bit more of a, a you know a style of footy that these clubs are trying to play. So North looked like they want to move the ball quicker. The handball chains get it in the hands of their good kickers. It looks like they've got a game plan that if they can get it right. Um, they might be able to, what, double their wins this year? Well, potentially, yeah. Yeah, look, they look pretty good. I thought they were pretty good last week. Now, Collingwood had a lot of players not playing. Mm. So, you know, they were able to move the ball a lot quicker than they will be when they play Collingwood and the real stuff. But, no, I thought they were pretty impressive last uh, last Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it was. It was uh, it was a nice hit out from them and a couple of good young players. That, like the Kircher looked a really, really nice player off halfback. So, yeah, there's... Look, I think they'll play a bit like Sam Mitchell's got a on trying to play. So... They'll get opened up at, t- at times by good teams, but they will beat teams that are, that are not quite switched on. Best kick ever. We've been uh, throwing that to boy. I had a text to ask the question. Have you got a nomination for us? Oh, there's, yeah, the ones, all the noms have been great. I mean, Ackerman is just brilliant both sides of his body. Buddha Hocking, who was an old mm-hmm. teammate of mine, was just magnificent on his left and right. Um, Gary Ablett Jr., of course. Darren Jarman's probably the one that would first come to mind, a bit like I heard you say earlier. So if you... If that was just a one-off question, I hadn't heard all those other suggestions, I would <laughs> probably have said jump. And who's winning the flag this year, Pickers? Oh, look, I, I did my predictions there a couple of weeks ago. I went with Brisbane. I just thought that they might be able to just go one step better this year. But, oh, I mean, it's such a long season. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Collingwood is going to be hard to stop again. And you'd think Giants will keep coming. And, I mean, Sydney, I think, will be there. I think the Cats will really improve this year. I reckon they'll be, they'll be pushing around that top four mark as well. So, yeah, there are a number of really good teams up near the top, but it's going to be all putting it together on the on the day and getting into the right form, as you know, coming into the finals, which is what happened last year. So you do think it'll be a close season? I mean, there's a, I've picked my eight, but there's two or three teams that I haven't put in the eight, like the Adelaide Crows, that could actually, if they got it right, could maybe even win the flag. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Well, you don't really know. That's it. I, I think, I look at every list, I go, yeah, they'll improve, they'll improve. They can't all improve, right? So... Mm. Yeah, we think that North will win more games. We think Hawthorne will win more games. We think Eston should improve. And then you go, all right, well, if they're all improving, who's going backwards? And I, I think I, I pushed my, you know, put my slider as the, as the Saints when I did it a few weeks ago. And I watched them the other night thinking, no, they're not going to slide. They're going to be all right. They're actually going to be pretty good. So, you know, you make these predictions early in the year. I mean, you're a genius last year putting those tips on before the season started. I don't know how you did it. I, mean, I was like in a finish hurry and I was about 15 off the pace. You know, so that might be the way to do it. Have you, have you done your tips again for the whole year? No, but I am going to do it. I just want to see this weekend's round of games. Um, and I don't want to get too excited about some teams, but I am excited about maybe North Melbourne and Fremantle. If they do that again this week like they did last week, 
um, against better opposition. Fremantle was only against the West Coast, so they didn't really have any trouble moving the ball. But if they're going to play a faster brand of footy, then they'll be better to the watch. I'm excited about North. I want North Melbourne to be good. I mean, I don't care if they don't win the flag. No big deal there. But I don't want teams with eight rounds left not able to make the eight. That's the last thing we want. So, uh, yeah, I'll do it all again at the start of the year. And I'll probably get absolutely smashed this year, but it's always worth the fun of it. And it saves me having to worry about it come round four. Someone says on a Thursday, have you got your tips in yet? Oh, I already got them in. That's a smart move. It's a, it's a good way to think because I'm always forgetting to put them on. So, exactly. no, I'm looking forward to the season. I can't wait, actually. I mean, the cricket season was... I thought it was actually a lot, lot better than I thought it would be, to, be, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I thought the West Indies would have been a push-out, but they were pretty good. But, yeah, it's just got to that stage now where, yeah, let's get it on. We're about 10 days away from round one. Let's just get this thing happening. Pickers, I'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, thanks for jumping on today. Put in... Uh, with your co-host from off the bench for an extra invoice for uh, your your work today at one forty-five. Good on you. Will do. Thanks, Pot. See you, mate. Good stuff. Liam Pickering joining us. Geelong best and fairest. We'll take a break. Still a bit to come on the lunch menu for Barclays Smokehouse. Ask for grandmother ham at your local deli. Sammy Evans going to join us after two. Simon Hill to talk the world game after two. And Grant Elliott to talk some cricket. You with Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been a massive couple of hours, but we've got a little chance for rapid fire. Midday matters. You call, you get on. We'll get you on right now up to the 2 o'clock news. one 736 the open line number. Anything in the world of sport you want to get on, you've got a chance now. You've got two minutes, one 736 and there's no one on the line right now. So we'll get you on straight away. The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. The team will look after you just like family down at Werribee Kia. You'll have the EV9 down there to test drive. You can check it out. I've driven the EV9. It's an absolute ripper. The legroom in the back is ridiculously big and it drives like, well, it's a luxury vehicle that drives like you're in your lounge room driving it. And it sits on the freeway magnificently. So drop in to Werribee Kia. The open line number, if you'd like to join me, one 736 for rapid fire. By the way, Werribee Kia have a swag of brand new 2024 Kias on offer. Tremendous drive-by prices, including the 2024 new Picanto from 19990 and the 2024 Sorento from 53990 drive away. Great finance offers, top dollar trade-ins, over 300 late model used cars in stock. Werribee Kia, see them on Old Geelong Road, Hoppers Crossing, werribeekia.com.au, LMCT114, Hayden in Rosebud. Hello, Hayden. Hello, Dwayne. Uh, best kickers, side bottom, and uh, this bloke's before my era, but uh, Bobby Skilton. So Bobby Skilton you loved. Uh, side bottom, he's a reliable kicker, isn't he, Hayden? He doesn't try and bite off more than he can chew, which is part of it. No, it's good. Uh, he's, uh, his range is probably about 55. 55 metres, just like the grand final. No, one thought he was going to kick that far, and he did. Hey, great call, Hayden, with a rapid fire. Best kick ever. Uh, thanks for your calls. Thanks to all of you who've texted through your best kicks ever. Uh, one here, Howdy Pipe. Like your optimism about the North Melbourne Footy Club, the young kids have no fear, and they're bringing a new style of game to North. North ball will be exciting, J-Bob. And again, it's coming down to kicking. I mean, if you get into the hands of good kickers and they don't turn it over, then you're living in a different world. You give it to bad kickers and they turn it over. North Melbourne's had a few guys who I reckon in the last few years, opposition teams are more than happy for them to have it and kick it under pressure because they don't hit enough targets. And then you get the turnover and you get scored on rebound. So don't turn it over, then half the puzzle is solved. A break. Sammy Edmund with the latest news after two.
Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have you company for Dwayne's World. Thanks for joining me for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. It's been a fun couple of hours for Midday Matters. Thanks to all of you who've sent through your texts as well on the 40 Winks Temper text. We're going to have a chat to Sammy Edmund about all the latest breaking news very shortly, including the Cam Guthrie injury, which is an eight-weeker, if not maybe a couple more, the quad. So plenty to get to the movement of the Sydney-Brisbane practice match back because it is going to be a hot one. But let's talk some cricket because the cricket, the two-test series, is going to be a hot one. You'll hear it on SEN and through SEN New Zealand. Grant Elliott, former Black Cap and host of the Saturday session on SENZ. It's been good enough to jump on the line for a couple of minutes. Welcome to you, Grant. Great to have you on the, th- on the show. Cheers, Dwayne's World. It's good. I'm on my way to uh, kids' basketball at the moment in New Zealand. First basketball game, uh, age nine. So let's see how it goes. No doubt, like, one will play three or something. And um, you, uh, do they play to win over there? Do you have scores in New Zealand? We don't tend to have scores with our junior sport here anymore. Oh, so painful, isn't it? I'm sure there'll be certificates for everyone at the end of the game and a gummy snake or something. Everyone plays one, and you give the player of the match to the worst player so he feels better about himself. Uh, I like your philosophy. <laughs> Sounds like there's a bit happening in New Zealand a lot. There is in junior sport in Australia. What about the big boys stuff? Two tests, Grant, uh, they've been no holds barred in this one, Australia New Zealand. Well, everyone that receives a certificate for participation in sports definitely go and watch this because, <clears throat> yeah, there's no love lost between Australia and New Zealand, especially in test cricket. I think what will be exciting to see is how New Zealand look to actually set this game up with the pitch that they uh, create because normally when you go to the Basin Reserve, you don't know the difference between the outfield and the pitch in the middle because mm. it is that green. Um, this is played later in the year, but also with the loss of Carl Jamieson, I feel that New Zealand maybe would have changed their tack because if you followed the last test uh, against South Africa, there was a young bowler, Willow Rourke, who debuted, got nine wickets, best uh, return. Uh, on debut for New Zealand as a bowler, but he bowled with some heat, bowled some fiery spells, and you would have thought that with the height of O'Rourke and Jameson, that maybe New Zealand, like the only chance to compete, would have been a green wicket playing four seamers. But with Jameson out with an injury now, it's going to be really interesting to see what the makeup of this team is. Do you think Australia is vulnerable at all? I think Australia is vulnerable on a, a green wicket. I would say, uh, mm. because I don't know how to bat on the green wickets. They play the line. They don't get overawed or a little bit uh, worried about playing on a green wicket. And when I mean green, like you go to Hamilton and the pitch is 14 mils of grass and the outfield's 12 mils. So, you know, there's a heavy, like, dressing or covering of, of grass, which doesn't bother the New Zealand batters. So I think that that would have been the one chance that New Zealand have. I feel like we don't have an out-and-out spinner. Like, one of the first players picked for you guys is Nathan Lyon, and, you know, he's learned how to bowl on all pitches around the world. Uh, Ajaz Patel got 10 wickets against India in an innings and then didn't make the squad when he came back to New Zealand. So, that's a big hole in the New Zealand side. Um, 
So, and, and the loss of Damson, I think, is a wicket taker, as well as the retirement of Wagner, who maybe, you know, he's realised probably a bit down on pace, and uh, obviously his, his career has come to an end. So, where will New Zealand get Australia if they get them, do you think? It'll be, it'll be rolling them on the green top, as opposed to bowling yeah. them out at... Well, what do you think? Tell me what you think. I won't put yeah. words in your mouth. I think I think you've got to go green wicket. I think like we've always played tests with green wickets on day one, where you don't know the difference between an outfield and a, and, and a pitch. But I mean, you know, Australia's bowlers are experienced, are amazing bowlers, world class bowlers. So you're up against them. You've got to go. Well, will our batters be able to cope with it? I think that that's the chance that New Zealand have against the Australian batters: a ball that moves sideways off the seam, and hopefully a little bit of swing through the air. And how confident are you that you might be able to do some damage then? Are you, is this a, like a hope thing? Is this a, a one-in-a-million thing? I notice the odds aren't really all that much in your favour, and we've still got some damn good names in our lineup. When you look at our lineup, it's, it's an unbelievably good list of names. Mate, the odds are stacked firmly against New Zealand. You know, in the 31 tests since November 93, uh, between the two sides, uh, Australia's won 23 of them. There's been seven draws, and New Zealand have won one, which would have been that game at Hobart. And Hobart was played on a green one. And I'll remind you that Doug Bracewell uh, got all the wickets, had an amazing game. I think he got six wickets, but they gave uh, player of the match to David Warner in true Australian spirit. So um, even though New Zealand won that one <laughs> test match, the uh, player of the match was given to an Australian. So hopefully... Hopefully, we can replicate a little bit of Hobart. Um, that's the sort of hope that we, that we need. And this New Zealand team has been together for a long time. Kane Williamson's in form, number one batter in the world. We've got Tom Latham, who's playing his 76th uh, test, or 79th consecutive test. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's some decent batters in the lineup. Hopefully, Devin Conway can, um, you know, show a bit of form with young Ruchin Ravindra, which is... You know, when you're playing against Australia, Australia is the litmus test. That is, whenever I played against Australia, I was like, right, this is it. Like, this is my opportunity to be, um, you know, put against the best in the world. So generally, players do raise a level. Uh, I'm concerned about our bowlers and the lineup of our bowlers. Uh, obviously, Tim Southey's recent test record, not as good as it has been. You know, he's just got six wickets in the last four tests. So, um, you know, hopefully he's on song and he's the ball. Great, Abby Grant. I'll let you get to basketball. Uh, good luck. You might get a certificate. Best parent. I think they've got best parent certificates. You might get one of those. Mate, everyone gets a certificate, but not uh, this weekend in the test match. There won't be a lot of love lost. And funnily enough, no controversy during the T20. So I'm sure we'll see some during the test. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Grant, thanks for your time. Former Black Cap host of the Saturday session on SEN New Zealand. And it will come your way on SEN, the full broadcast of the test. I'm not on tomorrow. I'm not on for the next few days, in fact, with the test cricket on. So uh, I'm looking forward to rejoining you next week. Sammy Edmonds going to rejoin me straight after the break. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
It's been a fun day. Dwayne's watch today. It's been great to have your company. Uh, one here. The cricket doesn't start until Thursday, Dwayne. Yeah, tomorrow I've got the Fox footy loving. So uh, find out tomorrow what Fox are doing with uh, new shows, what games I'm doing, whether I've got my Dwayne's World live on a Wednesday night up and running. So uh, looking forward to the big loving at Fox tomorrow. Get some photos taken. Chief footy reporter Sammy Edmonds has been good enough to join me right now. Not sure. Are you doing the show tomorrow, Sammy? you doing every other show as a fill-in. What can you uh, Dwayne, it would be an absolute pleasure. Alas, I'm uh, sitting in for the man who uh, opens the, uh, the batting ball, comes into bat in the order before you, and that being Jared Waitley. So uh, I'm not sure who I'll be handing over to mm, tomorrow. Right. Might be Adam Should White. Be, might be the best day SEN's ever had. No Jared White, no Dwayne. Might be fun of the fair for everybody, enjoying a bit of Sammy Edmund and then uh, some hey. other co-hosts later on in the day. Hey, um, you have had a long day today as well. I heard you this morning breaking some news. I want to talk to you about the Cattery news, but the Cam Guthrie news as well. Oh, well, that precautionary quarters, Geelong turned it on the day for Cam Guthrie. Just as well they were cautious, Dwayne, because an 8-10 to 10 weeker <laughs> for Cam Guthrie. And uh, at least they provided us with that window of 8-10 to 10 weeks, to be honest. It does beat medium term or, or long term. Alas, for the player himself, you have to feel sorry for him, don't you? Uh, played only the half a dozen games last year, of course, with the uh, with the toe injury that required surgery. So to cop an eight to ten weeker with the first kick of your first practice game against a meaningful opposition, uh, five seconds in, he's a cruel blow to say the least. So Andrew Mackey, the football boss down there, uh, said eight to ten weeks. He's the ultimate professional. Attack the rehab diligently. All the stuff we would expect, of course. But the bottom line is, Dwayne, he's going to be missing two and a half months of the season. He's a key player. Hmm. Big unveiling as well, having, uh, well, the Essendon game's going to be a soft opening, if you like, and then the St Kilda game's going to be the big opening for round one. So there's a bit going on at the Cattery, and you announced something pretty big this morning. Yeah, look, the, the, the Costa family, so obviously uh, of the late Frank Costa, have pledged a staggering $10 million, Dwayne. Can you believe it, to Geelong's planned indoor training facility that has been in the mix for some time, but they're getting down to the nitty-gritty now of the of the planning stage, and they're in a fundraising phase at the moment. And this is where Costa's widow, Shirley, uh, stepped in on Thursday at an intimate uh, Geelong dinner, a function there with the extraordinary commitment that uh, her and the wider Costa family, as I say, uh, also with... Uh, uh, Frank Costa's younger brother, Robert, who's played a key role, I'm told, in gathering the family together to promise this enormous sum of money, the $10 million, to catapult uh, their beloved cats into the modern era because Geelong, Dwayne, are one of the few. I reckon there might only be a handful of clubs left, AFL clubs that don't possess an indoor field facility. Mm. So they're looking to raise more than $20 million for that project. And uh, Geelong officials down there, as you can understand, were absolutely gobsmacked by the massive Costa contribution. They've been an amazing family. When I first arrived in Geelong oh, many years ago in, in what, 87, I uh, met Frank for the first time and he, his, almost his first words to me, once you're Geelong, you're Geelong for life, you won't leave this place, which was, you know, pretty big words coming yeah. from someone who'd just come from Adelaide. But it was an amazing place, Geelong, and I, I'm still here now, so I haven't left. But, yeah, Frank and his wife Shirley, you know, they opened their house to... I went around there to play tennis at the Pink Palace, as it was back there, <laughs> up on the hill in Newtown. And, yeah, there was uh, – I mean, I did get told that there were certain rules, tennis-wise, decorum rules, that you, you didn't throw your racket and you didn't swear when you played at Frank's house, and that was fair enough. Um, but, yeah, what an amazing family they've been. And Shirley's a lovely lady. And, yeah, they've, they've shaped the town, really. They've – the church redevelopment. Um, Frank had even 
if the trains weren't running properly, Frank would make a call. So, yeah, what a guy has been. This is going to be huge. Is it going to be next to the pool at the Bowen End? Is that what they're going to do? Yeah, that's my understanding, Dwayne. I asked them. They haven't settled on a site as yet. They're still in the feasibility phase, as I say. But it's going to be in that sort of area of Kidinia Park. And uh, you're right on, Frank. I mean, an enormous contribution to business, philanthropic causes, the wider community as well. So Geelong will house, or I guess this facility will involve their four uh, programs, being AFL, AFLW, VFL and VFLW. But they are also fully committed, Dwayne, to opening it up for community and commercial events because that precinct down there, Cadinia Park, already home to what swimming, netball, cricket, local yeah. footy, senior citizens groups as well. So obviously they'll ask for some government funding as well uh, to contribute, but uh, it'll be a big community facility as well down there. And they're already in there, the builders too, Dwayne, by the way. They're doing a stack mm. of stuff at your old club at the moment, a $7 million refurbishment of the High Performance Centre that will deliver a dedicated space for Geelong's AFLW program. It'll be next to the men's facilities. It'll match the men's facilities, and it'll come online uh, in August, just in time for the new AFLW season. So uh, it's a big couple of projects there and a couple of phases for Geelong. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't been into the new facility. My son's been in there, put a grand piano in there uh, a week or so for one of their functions uh, for the footy club. So it's apparently a, an amazing new grandstand, and we'll have a word to... I think we're going to have a chat to um, Jared from the Trust next week about ticketing as well for Saints fans who are thinking of coming down because um, the, the, the new facility's got to be awesome. Enough about Geelong. Sammy, let's talk about Sydney-Brisbane practice match. It's moved. It's going to be hot. Yeah, common sense prevails here. It was scheduled for 4.10pm on Thursday. Forecast top of 37. Blazing sun up there. So push back three hours now, 710 Keep in mind, Dwayne, it's actually going to be 38 here tomorrow. We've got Carlton and Melbourne, but that's not until 6.40, 20 to 7 there. So both uh, Sydney and Brisbane actually put a request into the league to say, hey, how about you do us a favour here, guys, and uh, move this game back a few hours, which they've done. They'll have uh, extra water carriers and, and extra time off during the quarter breaks as well. So that was pretty straightforward, that one up there. And the concussion protocol, will it move? Will we get more days that you have to be out for? I don't think we will this year, Dwayne. I think the AFL is going to make a, a – and they are yet to make a formal announcement on this too, by the way, but they will before round one, uh, their concussion protocols in a formal sense. I think the key part of this, of course, is the time that uh, players are mandated to take a break from competition in the event of a concussion. Uh, I think it'll stay at the 12 days going forward. What happens ultimately will be really fascinating. We know that given the AIS, of course, and uh, and various other bodies have aligned themselves now with a 21-day mandatory rest period for community sport as well, which the UK has already gone in place and, and New Zealand as well. So that's something that community sport has got set up, 21 days. The AFL, how close they get to that in the years to come remains to be seen. But uh, the backdrop to that, of course, uh, is Angus Brayshaw's retirement. The Sam Pepper Tribunal case as well. So that's 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. The league will argue for a suspension of no less than four weeks, Dwayne. So big, big change in the tribunal um, guidelines this year as well that will be formalised uh, in the, uh, the handbook that is released for tribunal matters in season 2024. And that basically is ignore what's happened before. Dwayne history has no bearing. And this is all part of the league's determination to set a new benchmark around these sort of reportable incidents. So ignore what's happened before and what Player X has got from tribunal members. Why? Because they're starting again. But they wouldn't go crazy, would they? I mean, we obviously, with the Angus Brayshaw news, are in that environment where it's a difficult one for Sam Pepper to talk his way through. But they can't give him a week because of Angus Brayshaw's retirement. They have to still put it somewhere within the realms of what is right given what's happened and what's uh, the thought for the future. 
Well, Michael Christian still has the same levers that he always pulls, so that has to fit into the tribunal uh, classifiable offences list, and it did. It was careless, and it was high um, high contact, and it was either going to be severe impact or high impact. Now, in the end, Chris, I went with the severe, which is a three-plus. Now, this is the other change. Three-plus in the determination means it's definitely going to the tribunal, and the AFL are arguing for, for four and above. Now, if they do hit uh, a player with a three-match sanction, Dwayne, there's no need for them to go to the tribunal to plead uh, to plead guilty and take the three weeks if they're happy with that. So all part of the overlay of less tribunal hearings and the like. But it's interesting reading the changing of the um, of the determination of these matters via the tribunal and the wordings that they use. Now there is a, a phrase in here, Dwayne, um, evolving community standards and an increased focus okay. on reducing instances of avoidable, forceful, high contacts. There's no doubt that the class action that Angus Brayshaw more recently, and, and as we learn more about concussion, community expectations do evolve and standards do evolve. So will it be double the penalty from 12 months ago? No, but the AFL is going to argue for four plus, whereas last year, maybe it would have been the three matches. Speaking of arguing, there's a bit of arguing going on in WA as to how to best write an article about Harley Reid, I understand. This is an amazing story, this one. Uh, It comes via the Herald Sun. West Coast champion Peter Sumich, Dwayne, who, as you know, um, takes no backward steps and we love Mm. him for his forthright opinion. Well, he's actually up and left. He's quit uh, writing his weekly newspaper column with the West Australian. Uh, he is claiming the paper refused to publish an article in which he was criticising the number one draft pick, Harley Reid. He's been writing for the paper for 18 months, uh, has Peter Sumich, Dwayne. And, you know, the paper has promoted him as not holding back, offering the insightful no-holds-barred no perspective on all footy matters. Turns out he might have gone a little bit too far, though, because uh, he put the brakes on Harley Reid, said he's no Chris Judd. I was here when Chris Judd... Uh, um, burst onto the scene, and from what I saw of him in his first two or three years, this kid doesn't even compare to Chris Judd. I don't know why people are carrying on. He's going to be a good player, don't get me wrong, but yo, I know Chris Judd. He used the term puppy fat when describing the number one draft pick's conditioning in the column that never saw the light of day and said he had a few other things to tidy up. But he said, other than that, I pumped the kid up. He said in the Herald Sun, there wasn't anything disastrous or bad, but the paper weren't having it, Dwayne, and uh, Peter Sumich has had enough. It is amazing, isn't it, the amount of publicity? You've spoken about it on the shows that you've hosted. Uh, where are you at with the whole how much publicity is too much? How much will be sort of too big a weight on his shoulder and where he stands when it comes to the most publicised recruit that we've ever had? It's amazing, isn't it? I think when you go to a two-team town like this where the team that you go to is obviously struggling, that's why they've got the number one uh, pick, haven't they? And they're clinging to any sort of positive press they can get and the newspaper is a big part of that because the Eagles sell, we know that. So it's been way over the top for mine. I know some would argue that there's recency bias. We hype up every number one draft pick and yet the the kid who's taken pick two, Dwayne's just got to come in and play his role. So there's a massive difference for one pick difference. But I think the Perth is just like that with, with with the West Coast Eagles. I mean, there's stories over there when Liam Duggan had a corky recently uh, in a preseason session, and that actually was the lead story on the news that night, Dwayne, that Liam Duggan had a corky at training. So it's that sort of town anyway. Uh, but this has been uh, extraordinary. Was it 30 front pages, I think, or uh, on in the sport department alone since he was drafted in November? So uh, big business over there, and it obviously sells. Just give the people what they want, I suppose, Pipe. It's going to be a tough place to apply your trade though if you're a Juno if both teams miss the finals then you've got another year where you're not having finals to talk about you're going to be talking about a lot of losses yep 
And how do you live up to that? How do you live up to that as Harley Reid? Now, his first outing, of course, went the way of 99.9% of other draftees to enter the game. He took 20 minutes to get his first touch. He got out-muscled a few Mm. times. Some good moments, sure, but certainly didn't set the world on fire. And you'd be forgiven for thinking after reading the West Australian all summer that, uh, gee whiz, you had Barry Cable's about to get started over there. It's (laughs) it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and not a lot of protection in terms of how good a teammates he's got around him. That's true. Because it's... It's going to be a back line that's going to get a lot of ball sent down its way. Hey, great to have you, Sammy. Always great to have you chipping in. Good luck with Jerry's show tomorrow. You're a ripper. You've had a great day. And uh, get yourself some sustenance in this heat. Now, really hope that uh, variety show that you'll be hosting on Fox gets up tomorrow as well, Dwayne. Looking forward to Will seeing that. Will you be able to do a song for me if we, if we get yeah. it going? Like a, a lot Don Lane kind of style? Not very musically modded. I might have a triangle at home. I can, I can bring that okay. along. We'll see if you can do it. Sammy Eben, our Chief Reporter for SEN, joining us for an update on all things sport. Been great to have your company today for Dwayne's Ward for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. That was the lunch menu for Barclays Smokehouse. Ask for Grandmother Ham at your local deli. Find it at your local deli, Barclays Smokehouse. But still a bit to come on the lunch menu. If you're a fan of the world game, Simon Hill who also uh, loves to have a chat and doesn't take a backward step, is also going to have a chat to us after the break. He's not a big fan of the VAR and a few other things as well. So stick around. Uh, World Game with Simon Hill next. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have your company and your calls coming through. Keep your calls coming through on 1300 736 736. And we'll head back to your calls very shortly. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. And you can check out the whole EV range at Werribee Kia. You can give us a call here, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or give at Werribee Kia, David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team. They've got the EV6, the EV9, and the Nero there that you can test drive now. Oh, it's great to have Simon Hill on the program. Plenty to get to in the world game, and Simon's been good enough to join me for a chat. Might uh, keep him for a little while longer than uh, normal because there's been a lot of text coming through on the A-League and the EPL. So uh, let's start with the A-League. Welcome to you, Simon. Great to have you on. How are you, Dwayne? You good? I am good. I'm really excited. It's a weird time of year. Footy, our footy, uh, the Australian version of it hasn't really begun. You're hotting up right now, and it's, uh, it's changing times in some environments around the world as well, so I don't know where to start. We'll start with the A-League, which is your main port of call, and I think you've got the Sydney Derby this week, which is probably the biggest one of this weekend's games. Yeah, that would be right. Uh, Wanderers against Sydney at uh, Combank Stadium in Parramatta. Uh, so looking forward to that one. Should be a, a full house. And uh, the two teams only separated separated by one place on the ladder at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it should, it should be a great game. Uh, there's always a bit of uh, spice about it. Um, you know, Marco Rodan will be back on the sideline after serving his two-game suspension for some <laughs> rather interesting comments. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Which who is the better of the two teams? Who are you picking in this one? Because I think they're fifth and sixth on the ladder, as you mentioned, and it's a it's at a critical stage for both. Yeah, it is. It's it's a difficult one to pick, to be honest. And you know, the the old cliche is that uh, the form book goes out of the window in derbies, and I think that's true. Uh, I, I guess if you look at the form line, then Sydney FC are probably marginally in the better nick. But uh, the Wanderers had a terrific win. Uh, the weekend against Adelaide United on the road. So uh, with, with their home fans behind them, they'll fancy their chances. Um, I don't, if memory serves me correct, I think they, they won the, the derby at Allianz earlier on in the season uh, through a goal from Zach Sapsford. So, uh, you know, they're always fired up. This is the fixture that, that motivates the Wanderers and Sydney FC, to be fair, more than any other. 
Um, so I, I think it could be a special night. It might be tense. You know, it might not be the, the greatest game of football. Derbies often aren't. Um, but it, it's becoming crucial because of the state of uh, the ladder and neither team is is yet really assured of their place in the top six. And, of course, they'd, they'd prefer to push on a bit higher as well. So where are Melbourne Victory at? Oh, Wellington and Central Coast are above them on the ladder. That's, uh, we see some good and some bad from Victory? Yeah, that, that's probably about the size of it at the moment. I mean, on Tuesday night, they, they came from behind to beat Western United with two uh, dramatic stoppage time goals, but they couldn't back up that on Sunday against uh, the Central Coast Mariners. He put in an amazing shift, really, given that they'd played 120 minutes only three days before in the AFC Cup. Um, so the, the issue for victory, I, I think, is it's not the only issue, but I, I think one of the main ones is if Bruno Fornaroli is not scoring, at the moment he's not, uh, who's getting the goals for them? They had opportunities on Sunday, but they couldn't take them. Daniel Lazani had a couple. Uh, and there were one or two others besides, but um, yeah, they need they need to find some other scorers apart from Bruno because he, can, yeah, as good as he is, he, he can't do it every single week, um, and, and that's been a bit of a problem for them. And I think it's one win in eight games now. Um, they need to start getting back on track pretty soon because I think the frustrations are starting to grow a bit. Speaking of the word frustration, let me poke uh, the bear here. The red card reversal, a VAR check, um, victory's appeal. Uh, the the Geordie Valadon sort of slight contact that was maybe milked. Uh, how did you read all that and how are you reading it today? Well, the, the same as I did when I was calling the game on Sunday. I, I just don't think there was a definitive evidence to dismiss him. Um, now, the on-field decision w- was not a red card. So you, you're looking for VAR to provide evidence of a clear and obvious error. That That's you know, the, the wording that we're led to believe is, is how they decipher these things. And we looked at three or four different camera angles. Now, unless my eyes deceive me, I don't think we saw definitive. Of course, there's a suggestion that he's clipped him, but um, I, I don't think you can say 100% that he did. In, in which case, for me, you should have stayed with the on-field decision, uh, which was not a red card. But, uh, you know, I, I've given up trying to second-guess VAR, to be honest. I've, I've said, you know, a hundred times uh, on this show, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think it's re-referee in the game. Um, and in, in, the, in the matches at the weekend, for me anyway, it, it gets involved far too often. Uh, if, if it's an absolute howler, yeah, no problem. But it, it, a lot of these decisions are marginal. Um, and I think it's spoiling the game. You're not the kind of guy to bite your lip. I don't know uh, how you're asked to commentate, but when things like that happen in games, you you give your opinion and then you kind of have to move on even though you know it's not that easy sometimes. Yeah, of course. And, you know, what you can't do is is to get stuck on on one incident because, uh, you know, it could be game-defining, but equally, you know, if there's still time left to play and in that game on Sunday there was, uh, you know, in the end, in the final analysis, it might not mean too much. So if you bang on about it for 10 minutes uh, and then victory go and score twice, well, uh, you know, you look a bit stupid. So that's, you know, that's always the, the fine line that commentators are having to walk. Uh, obviously, you can you can have an opinion, but, uh, you know, you just got to move on with it. But during the week is when we, we need to have those conversations, not on game day. And I do think it's something that, that needs to be looked at. But, uh 
you know, unfortunately, the, the A-Leagues have invested a lot of money in this system now, and I think it's here to stay. I, it's, it's hugely frustrating for me. I, I don't like it because our, our rules are not black and white. A, a lot is left to the discretion of the referee, uh, and now we are trying to provide certainty uh, in a sport where the, the, the rules are not particularly definitive. So I, I think that's where the confusion and the anger comes in from supporters because they don't understand a lot of these decisions, and I, and I get it. And if you want to hear more about this, uh, Simon Hill, host of The Global Game, you can check out The Global Game live on SEN or download the podcast anytime you like uh, for the extended version of Simon's thoughts on all things in world football, EPL included. Uh, where do you want to start there? I mean, Man City, I think Man United, Man City coming up, which is a big one. And I think you mentioned on the show last week that it might be Monday, 11th of March. Liverpool, Man City is a pretty big one on the agenda soon. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the fixture that everybody's looking towards uh, as being a decider. It probably won't be a decider, to be honest, but it will go a long way uh, to, to revealing the identity of who's going to be the champions. I mean, don't rule out Arsenal either because they're in third and only a, a point further back, uh, and they've got a very good shout at, at winning the title, I think, for the first time since 2004. So it's a three-horse race, which is exciting. Uh, Liverpool are the slight favourites at the moment because they've got the one-point lead over Man City. But uh, we know that this is the time of year when, you know, City put together these long winning runs. They're, they're, they're in one at the moment. So I think it's 12 wins out of the last 13. Um, so that game on, on uh, the 11th of March, our time at Anfield, will be hugely instructive. Uh, Liverpool weren't in action in the league at the weekend. They won the Carabao Cup against uh, Chelsea, so they've got a trophy in the bank. Um, City uh, got a 1-0 win over Bournemouth to keep up the pressure on Liverpool. Arsenal won big again. So, yeah, it's all heating up nicely for that uh, grandstand finale. And it's heating up nicely for the Jurgen Klopp fairy tale farewell? <laughs> well, I hope not, because obviously he's a City <laughs> fan. I'd like us to yeah. win it. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he said that that was the best trophy he'd ever won. I, I think that might be a stretch, to yeah. be honest, on Sunday. But I, I can understand why he said it, because they had a lot of injuries, so they had to play a lot of younger players, although strangely enough, despite all the rhetoric, Chelsea actually had a team that was younger in average age than Liverpool did, so I don't quite know where that comes from, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a trophy, and um, obviously they'll, they'll hope to add bigger trinkets to that towards the end of the season. They're still involved in, in that Premier League title race, so uh, he'll, he'll want to go out with a bang. He's, he's been a, a super manager for Liverpool. Um, I'm surprised he's leaving, um, but uh, yeah, they'll hope to give him a big send-off. I, I just hope we, we disappoint them. Where is he by world football standards, age-wise, um, Simon? Because 56 years of age isn't old for a coach or a manager in many sports. No, it's not. And look, I don't think he's finished with football. I, th- I think yeah. he needs a breeder. Um, you know, the, the intensity at the top level, particularly in Europe, is pretty relentless um, and you've got to be a very special type of person to be able to deal with that year in year out um, it's not just the pressure of trying to win trophies but the, you know the daily uh, media soap opera really that follows these clubs around where every word you say every selection you make uh, is scrutinized to the nth degree it, it must be exhausting for, for managers and they, okay they get well remunerated for it um, but they're still human beings. And, uh, you know, maybe he just feels it's time at 56. I don't know if he's got some health issues, but I hope not. But, you know, he, he's looked tired over the last 12 months. So sometimes you've got to, as much as we, you know, love our sport and we think it's hugely important, it's not more important than your life.
So maybe yep. he feels as though it's time he puts up first for a little while. Yeah, it's a reasonable point. Talking to Simon Hill for a McCafe coffee catch-up. You can get any size soft drink for just a dollar at Macca's. Simon calling the A-League action this weekend. And you can check him out as the host of the Global Game Download, the podcast. One last one, Simon. I didn't really give you much time last week. You've been mentioning a few times about the World Game having its own rectangular football stadium in Australia. I'm just curious to know where and what capacity you think would be the, the Goldilocks position and size for your stadium? Well, it's not just one. Um, <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need a couple, uh, yeah. to be honest. And, you know, the, the Matildas are going to pack out at Marvel Stadium tomorrow night mm. when they play Uzbekistan in the second leg of the Olympic qualifier, which is terrific. And it shows that there's, you know, massive interest in, in the game here. But for our regular league games, we need boutique stadiums, to be honest. Uh, some of the stadiums that we play in, not all of them, but some of the stadiums, particularly on the eastern seaboard, and I'm talking about Suncorp Stadium specifically at the moment in Brisbane, uh, you can also probably add Allianz Stadium to that derby's aside. They're, they're too big, and they're shared with too many other codes. Now, our game of football is played with the ball on the floor, so we need a good surface. Uh, the other sports are played largely with the ball in the air. So the quality of the pitch is, is not quite as crucial now, we had a game on Friday night between Brisbane and Western United, and quite frankly, the state of the pitch was despicable. Um, the players were falling all over the pitch. The, 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 uh, the pieces of grass that had been freshly laid were coming up at the seams. It's just not good enough. And, you know, the, the governments in New South Wales and Queensland are looking to increase the number of concerts that they play at these venues. So these... Uh, surfaces are going to get even more damage, particularly in the crossover periods when the winter coats start. So we need our own homes. Uh, now, I'm not you know, demanding that governments pay every single dollar for them. It's up to us as a sport to find some solutions and work in partnership with other parts of the game, maybe even other codes in, in certain places. But we've got to get to a point where we have stadiums that are suitable for our purposes and we're not just dropping in like wandering nomads every couple of weeks uh, uh, and squatting there on terrible pitches and in stadiums that are 10 times too big for our needs. It, it's a long-term problem. I don't know if there's an easy solution, but we've got to start trying to find one. Is there any private owner that would be prepared to pay the money, build a, what would it be, 15000 or 20000 at max and you know, reap the rewards of having his own, her own? Good point. Well, I mean, Western United are trying to do that. Uh, you know, they, they've built a training base, which is, is pretty basic. They've promised to build a stadium, which has, uh, you know, been, uh, I mean, that idea has been around since Jesus was a lad, but uh, mm. they've still not laid a brick. I, I hope that's going to be forthcoming at some point. And you're right. You know, it's, these owners, you, you can't just demand that, that governments uh, pay for stadiums, although the AFL seem to do all right out of mm. it. Um, but, we, you know, we, we need to find some solutions and uh, maybe it's a public-private partnership or a partnership with other parts of the game, like Football Queensland, for example, in Brisbane, uh, the local MPL clubs, Brisbane Raw, Brisbane Strikers. You know, a year-round boutique football venue would be perfect for our needs and it will get great community use. But at the moment, there just doesn't seem to be any sort of plan or desire for it. And, and that baffles me, to be honest, because every week we see A-League games uh, played on horrible surfaces, and it spoils our product. You're on tonight, eh? Is your show on tonight? 
Yes, we're on tonight. Yeah, time. We got uh, we got Nick Garcia coming on tonight, the APL commissioner. So uh, hopefully we'll ask him a few of these questions. Mm. <laughs> Love it, uh, Simon. Great to have you on. Good luck tonight. You can catch it tonight live on SEN, or you can download the podcast, the Global Game, anytime. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Good stuff. Simon Hill with us, the voice of the World Game. For Maccas, a McCafe coffee catch-up, any size soft drink for just a dollar at Maccas. Yeah, you heard that correct, any size. So you're obviously going to get the large and the drive-through. Just uh, cruise through the drive-through, especially in this hot weather, regardless of where you are, and grab yourself a nice soft drink for just a dollar. Thanks to Maccas. Back with a few of your calls after the break. one 736 736 the open line. Brought to you by Werribee Kia. Welcome back to Dwayne's Wood. Dwayne's Wood for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Great to have a chat to Simon Hill. Probably went a bit too late, but good to talk world game with him. And you can hear more of Simon Hill tonight. Happy birthday. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au to Richmond pair Liam Baker and Tyler Sonsi, who both celebrate birthdays today. And uh, don't forget, you can uh, check out the call of the game tonight with Liam Pickering and the team. Looking forward to bringing you that Collingwood Richmond game tonight. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. That's it for me. Thank you to all of you who dialed that Werribee Kia open line. one 736 Don't forget you can test drive the EV6 to EV9 and the Nero down at Werribee Kia today. You can talk to the team about finance office, top dollar trade-ins, over 300 late model used cars in stock. Werribee Kia. They're at Old Geelong Road Hoppers Crossing. And you can uh, say hello to David, Janan, A, Jim, tell them we sent you. Werribeekia.com.au, L-M-C-T-1-1-4. And look forward to your company after the cricket.